What this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. Oh. You got to run. You got to. You got to. You got to. It's all about the pomp and circumstance. He's a word. Yeah, it is. And it's Groundhog Day. Well, welcome on in. It is literally and figuratively Groundhog Day <laughs> in Philadelphia. Midday show. <laughs> Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio, 215-592-9494. One hour from now, Spike Eskin will join us to discuss the latest and the news coming out about Joel Embiid's knee. We'll get to a lot of Eagles stuff as well. And uh, maybe an old friend joining the NFCs. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Philly. Hey, I just want to say this to all y'all that are getting ready to go to work right now, that are working those good jobs, do not be afraid to use your dental benefits. Some of y'all need to go to the dentist. And do not be afraid to go. That's all I'm saying because we got some really good benefits. Some of y'all teeth need to be fixed. Go, go to the dentist. Just, just go to the dentist. Use your dental benefits. Use that, that copay. So take care of yourself. Yeah, basically. basically yeah, you know, I, I like that you're leading with that today because I think it's time for the Sixers to take care of themselves. That was a segue. Yeah, it was. And take care of their big man. All right, here's the news. Happened last night. Joel Embiid has an injured injured lateral meniscus in his left knee and will be out through the weekend while a treatment plan is finalized. Sources told ESPN. Uh, he, here's the deal. Joel's hurt again, which is not a surprise. It is Groundhog Day, literally, in Philadelphia. It's a shame. I feel bad that his, he just can't stay healthy. He just can't. Uh. But, but I have a new thought on all this now because we, we've done this thing for years where we try to get Joel as good as possible and cross our fingers for the playoffs. Let's put a brace on there. Let's put a sleeve on there. He'll gut it out. And the same thing happens, and his body never actually heals the right way. So I'm at the point now where I want the Sixers to get Joel Embiid for both their own sake and for his 1,000% healthy. I don't want to see him on the court again until this thing is totally healed. And whatever that means, and I, I don't know yet. We don't know the severity. But if that means two months, okay, great. But if it means we don't see him again until next season, I'm okay with it. I'm okay punting this season. And I don't think they're going to win the title anyway. But I, I'm okay punting this season to get Joel Embiid fully healthy. I'm tired of halfway. The Sixers always halfway, and Embiid always halfway his injury. That's why he played the other day. He had a, he had an injury, and he's trying to play through it enough. He's, he's shown us he will try to play through injury. It doesn't work. He gets more hurt, and here we are. Hugh, I, I know what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm willing to punt this season, but I'm, I'm willing to do it for the long-term health of Joel Embiid I don't think he should play again until he is 1,000% healthy with this knee. You know what, Joe? I agree with you. But he better be 1,000% healthy in the next three weeks or when the playoffs start because I'm not putting on this season. Did you see that performance that Tyrese Maxey put in last I night? I did. 50 hey, Oh, yeah, by the way, I, I, I was kind of, you know, I just want to pat myself on the back because I, I was the one who was championing the cause to give this young man a chance, and he's paid off for us. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not throwing away nothing. A chip in the chair, that's been my philosophy. And is Joel Embiid, like, I'm willing, he's not going to be the MVP because he's going to miss more sure. than 17 games. He needs to get healthy. I'm going to get him healthy enough to make this playoff run. Now, I understand that usually when he's out for a long period of time, extended period of time, he comes back a little fluffy. I'm okay with that. We're going to get him back in shape, but we're going to make a run this year. I'm not, I'm not conceding nothing. A chip in the chair and this could potentially be the year that you could win it. Yeah, you know, and I, I know a lot of I people. Believe. I know you do. And I know no one wants to punt a season. No one wants to say we can't win the title this year. 
But the Sixers have tried this half in, half out thing for a long it's, time. It's, it's a bad, like. It doesn't work. He just gets more injured. Yeah, he does. And it seems like this is the same knee he's been hurting for a while. So it's interesting. So he's had injuries a lot of places, obviously, the feet and the face with the, the unfortunate injuries he's had. But this is the second time he's, he's had the left lateral meniscus. The last time this happened was 2016-17. He didn't come back. He missed 37 games. Now, they didn't make the playoffs that year, but he didn't come back. I, it's time for the Sixers to actually think big picture. They say they do, but I don't think they actually do because big picture is not a month of rest, and then we, we get a hobbled Embiid trying to play with a brace on for the rest of the season. I, I just I don't think it's worth it. And, you know, if they're going to commit to this guy and he's gonna, they're going to try for the next you know, few years until he has decline here, like, is he – are they ever going to get him fully healthy if they half in, half out? It I I find it hard to imagine. I think that the, it all depends on the extent of the injury and how healthy he can get. But I'm not willing to concede this season. And I understand everything you're going through. You guys have been dealing with this here in Philadelphia way longer than I have. And I know some of you probably won't believe in anything that I'm saying, but I'll say this. There's always a chance. You know, he's not the only guy that has been hurt and has had to limp his way into the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, Kawhi was a little banged up that year when they won it. But, but they, yeah, they took care of him, though. He, yeah, he that, didn't play a lot of games. That's the thing. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out a way to take care of Joel Embiid. He's probably gotten his biggest accolade that he's, he was always striving for. He got the MVP. Now we have to be careful and strategic in the way that we use the big fella. I mean, he's, he's fragile. And sometimes you just have to know that about your players. And you have to put them – you have to sometimes protect them for themselves. I still believe that part of the reason why he played the other night and got hurt, that was a little bit of peer pressure. And, and, and he was listening to what people were saying, and that's why he went out there and unfortunately he got hurt. Yeah. Moving forward with that, I'm willing. I, I just want to have the best MB that I possibly can. And if that means that he misses 20 to 25 games a season – I'm okay with that as long as he's ready for the playoffs. So I, I think you and I find common ground on that. I want to have the best Embiid possible moving forward too, and that's why I wouldn't play him again this season. I mean, I just I'm I'm out. If if look, I don't know the treatment plan. They haven't unveiled it. Which if it's if it's simple, I feel like we would know the treatment plan already. So they're obviously it's a master plan. Yeah, they're obviously deliberating surgery or rest. That's and rehab. That feels like we're we're you know going to get in some news on eventually, but they have to start thinking big picture. And, Hugh, I know you still have hope. I just have a different view on this team this year. I don't think they have much of a chance at all to win a championship. And that even that's even if he comes back and tries to gut through this. I don't think they have enough players. I see two players in this team that are championship players. That guys are, could be on a title team in a big role. It's Embiid. Tobias Harrison. No, Hugh. No. It's, it's Embiid and Maxi. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we got two. And now, obviously, like Patrick Beverly could be a winning player, but he's a bit I like, player. I like I like. Patrick Belly, what he brings to the but table. But he's a bit player. We yeah. can still, and we still have the trade deadline. We can still trade for somebody. Oh. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not giving up, Joe. I know. I, I'm not. I, I appreciate that. I'm but not. I'm here, not leaving. I'm he, not leaving. Here's what I'm doing. I am shutting Embiid down. I'm holding these draft picks. I'm holding this cap space. And I'm going to cross my fingers that we get the <laughs> healthiest version of Embiid next year. In the playoffs. No, no. I, well, I'm going to, I like your plan. I'm going to get him fully healthy this year. And we're going to have a, a actually a cohesive plan next season to only play whatever, 50 games, 55 games, whatever the number the doctors think he can handle. And then we go get it next year. What a player they added free agency. I'm not trying again. And have, watching him. I mean, guys, I can tell you right now how this ends. Right, you ready? Cut the audio right now. He's going to come back in six weeks. He's going to look 
like a shell of himself, you know, for the next two after that because he's going to try to get back into shape on the court. We're going to go into the playoffs. They'll probably get through the first round against, I don't know, the Pacers or the Heat. And then they will lose in the second round, and he will look terrible in two or three of the games because he's hurt, because they half halfway all the rehab See, stuff. I, I, it, I don't know if that's to be true. I think Coach Nurse has done a tremendous job with the way that he's handled you know, his players for the most part, and the fact that, that Maxie has emerged as a budding star. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that he can figure out a way to strategically keep Joel Embiid healthy and keep him productive throughout this playoff. I don't want to go into a playoff run, which I think this team could possibly make without Joel Embiid because I think he could be a big piece. We just have to figure out how to keep him as healthy as we possibly can. You know what? Maybe Nick Nurse is a magician because I think he needs a top hat and pull a rabbit out of it to do what you're asking. <laughs> might, All right. be, might be that. Let's yeah. hear from Kendrick Perkins here. He he had a similar thought a couple days ago before the news, what they should do with Joel Embiid. Kendrick, he's pulling the plug on the year. If I'm the 76ers, I'll shut Joel Embiid down for this season. Okay. Seriously. And, and, but but hear me out. You mean the rest of the regular Re- season? Yeah, the, the rest of the year. Really? Because for the simple fact... This is gonna like this is gonna continue to get worse. Like he's not gonna come back and be like pain free, right? We saw last year what happened in the postseason. For example, James Harden had to have that explosive, I believe, what it was, a game one in Boston. No Joel and B. Like you want him to have have an opportunity to heal up. And then you go into next season, you re-sign Tyrese Maxey, you search the market because you got so much cap space, and now you get a healthier Joel Embiid for the long haul. I think Perk is right. and you know, so, I hear what he's saying. I'm not conceding the season, though. Yeah, and Hugh, that. you said a chip in a chair, and, and that's what they would have. I'd feel differently if they were a favorite, right? If they were a one seed, if they were a two seed. Part of this is I don't think this is anywhere close to a title team. I remember this, the conversation we had to start the season, like it's a transition year. Mm-hmm. I'm not pushing Joel Embiid in a transition year. I, if this team had legitimate championship hopes, then I would say, all right, big guy, you got you to gotta try. I mean, how many, of these, how many times you, are you the number one or the number two seed? The Sixers are the five seed right now. They're not a favorite to get anywhere. I mean, they're what, middle what of the pack. last year? But that's an outlier. No, I'm just, I'm just asking. Yeah, if they were an eight I'm, I'm or just, seven. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just asking. Yeah. But they're an, that's, that's not typical. No, it's not. It's not in the NBA, and I, I concede that. But the fact that you have a chance, I'm willing to take that chance because anything is, can happen. I know it's very, very rare, especially in the NBA, that the lower seeds get a chance right. to play in the finals. But ain't it about time for that to happen? Like, it, it could potentially so. happen. Well, look at, the, look at the landscape of the NBA. Some teams are getting older. There's a lot of young players in here now. So I, I feel like if you have Joel out there and if you could get him in, a, in, in his sweet spot, a healthy spot, get him to where he was at the beginning of the season, somewhere but around how there. how are you going to do that if, he, if you rush him you gotta, back? You're not rushing him back. You let him get as healthy as he possibly can moving into the playoffs, and then you, you devise a plan to try to keep him as healthy as possible. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can still have a big man's presence out there, probably take some of the heat off of him. Because we all know going into most of these games that Joel Embiid is probably going to be the focal point. Of course he is. And even when he's injured, he's still going to be the guy that, that you're going to have to stop. You go out and get one more player and let Tyrese Maxey keep growing, there's no telling where we could be. That's why I'm not – I am not ready to concede this season. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I am willing to punt it for the long term here. I, I just think the Sixers – they used to think long-term with Joel when he first arrived, surgeries, years off, or, you know, time to get on the court. 
Remember that whole thing where they had the minutes restriction on him? He mm-hmm. wouldn't play more than 35, and then he kicked the chair because he was upset because it was an overtime game. We moved past that, and it just became about, well, we got to try to win with Joel Embiid. It's like half in, half out. And I'm willing now at this point to say I'm okay if he doesn't play again this season. Get him as healthy as he could be if it means surgery, if it means he misses the rest of the year, including the playoffs. All right, I'll see you next year, and I'll come back with a better team around him. 215-592-9494. Let's hear from Shams on how long this might be until we see Embiid. I, I think no. I, the people that I've spoken to in Philadelphia, I don't think they're thinking he's going to be back mm-hmm. You know, in, in the next few days. you know, yeah. This is something where th- they need to really figure out what's wrong with that knee. He's Joel Embiid is meeting with a, t- a, a good amount of doctors mm-hmm. tonight, tomorrow. A good amount of doctors. I mean, yeah, he wanted to say a woo! ton, but then he pulled it back a little. I bit. know, just but you know, usually when things are not that bad, maybe a doctor or two will do the job. Maybe, but a ton of doctors. Well, I think they're trying to figure out, just like we're having this conversation on whether or not he can be ready for the playoffs. I think they're trying to figure out the best way to get him as healthy as possible, yeah. without it requiring too much or or any surgery. Because I think that's what we're talking about. Because if it's the same injury that he's had over the last couple of years, then I, I think as a doctor, and I, I've, I've never been one, play one on TV, uh, that you want to try to figure out the best course of action moving forward for this won't keep happening. Uh, agreed, yeah. And if that means surgery, may, maybe like maybe they got to take care of this. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder how long this has been going on, and they just try to maintenance it. And that's not working. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Kyle, it is officially Groundhog Day. Sure is. Uh, in in so many ways, mm-hmm. that we wake up with pucks at Phil. We'll get to a fraud that's oh, we my, found out about. Unbelievable. I know. There's there's another apparently another Groundhog. We'll get He's to all a that. Fraud. Total fraud. But Fuck we have two Groundhog fraud. Day. We have we have one pucks at and then we have one here in Philadelphia. Kyle, what are you doing with Joel? <laughs> well, so first of all. I feel like you're living in La La Land with this whole idea of like, oh, the the long haul, Joel Embiid. This is the long haul of Joel Embiid. The reality of Joel Embiid is that he's injured every year, Joe. We oh, punt, I know. I know. We, we, we punt this season. Then next year on Groundhog Day, February 2nd, it's Groundhog Day on the same date every year? Yes, February, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Then February 2nd next year, we're going to be sitting in these chairs having the same exact conversation. Whoa, what do the Sixers do? This is the Joel Embiid that we have. And I got more news for you, Joe, about the long haul. Joel's not going anywhere. I mean, we'll talk about uh, a trade number, whatever. I, I see we have Chuck on the line. He's been trying to trade Joel Embiid for, for years now. It's not happening. Joel's not going anywhere. We are left with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the Sixers. So I, I, I'm i never in the mindset of just punt on the season, like uh, forget it. I would rather, I mean, can we not just enjoy this while while we have it? I don't think anyone is is having these grand illusions of going on and winning the NBA Finals this year. But I still want to have some fun, man. Like, I, I can't punt this season. Are the playoffs fun around here with the Sixers? I mean, the, let's not let's not lie. Let's the, playoff, not. The, the playoffs are always fun. Now, what? They're, they're fun because you're in. Yeah, but you when it's you, been dis- Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna lie. It's been dis- is impending doom fun. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's still fun as a fan. Well, we've I had mean, a couple moments here and there. The yeah. game five in Boston was fun last yeah, year. I get la- it. Last year wasn't so fun. No, no, most fun. of them but haven't are, been. Isn't it exciting to potentially see what it could be this year with our budding star? With with with, with a hobbled Embiid? Yes. No. I want to see because now the 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 power kind of shifts. It's almost like a power shift because I look at it like this. Joel Embiid, with the type of injuries he's had, and I'm not hating, but this is just the reality of it, as he gets older, it's going to be harder for him to start to recover from these injuries. Of course. And I just want to enjoy this as much as I possibly can. And, and, and another thing, I want to take a chance, even though 
it might be a slim chance, Joe, I still want that chance. And I understand that. Here's what I'll say. And then right all your phone calls here. 215-592-9494. I, I understand what both Kyle and Hugh were saying on this about how many years you have left. If you don't have a long runway. I don't want I feel like sometimes the Sixers let the hope of now impact tomorrow. What I mean by it is if Joel trugs through this, tries to get through this, is that knee going to be messed up more as we go into next year? And then we just, it's like a, it never ends. It's like a cycle. I want to get him fully healthy, get another player in here this summer, and next year, cross my fingers, that it's the best shot they'll have. I think they'll have a better shot next year with Joel, if he, if he takes care of this the right way, one year older Maxi, and they'll get another player. We'll move on from Crumble Cookie, and we'll get a real third player you in like here. like that name now, too. Yeah, he's I guy. mean, Tobias, Tobias is my dude, man, but every time I see him, I just think of him comparing himself to a crumble cookie, so to me, that's his Yeah, name, and I think of that cookie. contract running out. I think of the day it's <laughs> the day that whole thing ends. All right, 215-592-9494. That is how you hop in. Let's go to the phone lines here. Are you okay with the Sixers punting on the season to get Embiid 100% healthy? Actually healthy, not like, you know, put a sleeve on the knee and go play in playoff games. Will in the Northeast. Hey, Will. Good morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Hey, What's Will. going on, Will? Happy Friday, man. Oh, yes, sir. Happy Friday. It's a little rainy, but guess what? So happy, baby. Yeah. It's Friday, yeah. What are you thinking here, Will? Um, you know, I, I really think that um yeah, they need to rest and be um this this could be our year possibly. You know, um what, what I didn't like was that's what I what I was saying about, you know, even with Sirianni. But our coaches gotta understand our players and our coaches gotta coach. You know, he should have told him be, look, man, you don't have to play this game. This game is really not important even though I know you really want to play. But guess what? We need you for the playoffs and the championship, man. I don't need you to go out and possibly get injured. But, you know, just talk to him and, and you know, try and get him to understand, like, you don't have to prove anything. When you want to prove it, prove it in the playoffs and get us to the championship. You know what I mean? But um, I think we still got a great run in this. Um, Maxie is showing up. The team is playing as a team, which I really love. Um, and, you know, I believe we're – with or without Embiid, we can be great. I mean, good, but I, I know we're greater with Embiid. But I think we still could go a long way without Embiid. Man. Well, and you know what? That's certainly – Will, we get we would get to see that play out. And, Will, we appreciate the phone call. I mean, that, once in a while that happens, the team loses its star player and they kind of galvanize and they win more. I mean, obviously we saw it with Nick Foles. Look, do I think a team's going to do that in the NBA and go win a championship without a star player? No, it's, it's a harder sport to do it. But as far as, Hugh, the point Will brought up about Nick Nurse and maybe having to put his foot down, I think it's hard in the NBA. These players decide when they're going to play. I yeah. Mean, they, they just decided. What do you, like, they it run the like league. That's what, that's what Joel is, a guy that decided to play when he wanted to play. But I, I like, I, I feel like this could be the year that, you know, Joel, Joel and B is out there, but I think that Maxie can come up big. I really, really do. I like his growth. I like, I like his trajectory. I like the fact that, He's 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 humble. Well, right now he's humble because he just got devoted to the All Star. But still, he, I think he can be. I think he can be all that in a bag of chips as this season. Progresses. I like Maxi. His growth is amazing. I still think he's a year or two away from being a lead player on a team that does something quite special. And you need I, to do something at the trade deadline. With what? But then okay. But then you're going all in on this year. You don't even yes. know. But you don't even know if your big guy's going to play. Well, see that, that. Like to your point, if he's healthy, which I think he will be. I don't. The way that they've handled this. I think that they're looking for the best course of action as far as getting him healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, or they're so, deliberating whether he needs surgery. Yeah, that too. 
I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, we don't. We never know with the Sixers. And and this is the thing. This is this is why I feel if there's a chance that he could play, then you go all in and you try to get him out there and you play this year. You 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 try to finish the season as strong as you possibly can. Anything can happen. My guess, Hugh, is they're going to go your way. This is what the Sixers do. Like if I had to guess, he's going to take I don't know five six weeks to get back, and then he's going to try to ramp it back up the last two or three weeks of the regular season. What, what do we have? We have about two and a half months until the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, about two and a half months, right? Mid, mid-April, the playoffs start. So let's say he misses the next six or seven weeks. He comes back the last week of March. He's got two weeks for the playoffs. I think that's what's going to happen. You, I, yeah. think, I think they're going to do it your way, and I unfortunately, I think it— Just stay in shape, Joel. Whatever you do, man. Oh. Be, be, hey, hey, you got to stay away from the taste case just for a little while and just— Get ready. Get ready for the playoff run. We're getting ready for a playoff run. You know what I'm getting oh. ready for? That ain't right. I'm getting ready for tip, opening tip 2024. Let's get a free agent in here. Let's get Joel fully healthy, and we attack it next time. Chuck in Mount Airy. What's up, Chuck? Yo, Gilio, what's the Gilio? He, what's up? What's going on? What's Happy going on, Friday. Man? Listen, let me tell you something. Joel is never completely healthy. You understand what I'm saying? So, we just waiting. I'm with you on this. We're not waiting. We ain't doing none of that. We're going to ramp this thing up. All Joel got to worry about doing is putting the Chick-fil-A down while this time he's out and he's off, all right? So this is what I'm saying we do, right? All right? I want everybody to understand it. I'm going to be a beck in the light. I want my team back, to be honest with you. I don't want Joel here anymore because I think he's a dark cloud over the 76ers. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say this, right? Get him ready for the playoffs. You know what I mean? Get him healthy. You know what I mean? Get him riding, rolling in the right direction. He played with a meniscus tear or something like that in the playoffs a couple of years ago. I think he tore his meniscus or something like that against against Washington, and he still played in the playoffs. So the next round, I think that if we get him to the playoffs, this could be the basketball guys getting us ready for our run. Finally, our run. He got hurt at the right time because he was going to get hurt. It's inevitable. At least he didn't get hurt in April. We didn't get hurt in May or March. Still enough time for him to heal. Come back. And let's make a run. Well, that's true. I mean, Chuck, that well, is, that is true. Long yeah, time. The, it, it is. Sometimes, sometimes these injuries to him happen in March or the beginning of the playoffs, and then we're screwed. Daryl got to do his job now. Daryl got to meet. I think Daryl got to do something at the trade deadline. Get somebody in to keep the six the float. You know, what I mean, Max, he got to keep doing his thing. You know, Tobias is here. He got to do his thing. Nick Nurse is a good enough coach. Got a good enough team to keep him in the fourth or fifth seed, maybe. And then when Joel come back, you got a veteran team. You can make some noise if he's healthy. And if he stays in shape, then that could be the run that we're looking for to finally get him ramped up around the time we didn't get him ramped up. Maybe this is the way. Yeah, Chuck, we appreciate it. You're on Hugh's side of this. Maybe maybe this is the crazy way it happens. I, I look at like it. Like the I, Mandalorian says, this is the way. This is the way. Or the right <laughs> way is to shut him down, get him fully healthy, get him ramped up for next year when they have a better roster around him. 215-592-9494. Would you be okay punting the season to get you well 100% healthy for next year and beyond, I would. Hugh and Kyle say, nah, get him out there when he's ready. 215-592-9494. A lot to do on the show today. Spike joins us at 11. We'll mix some Eagles in as well. And, of course, we got to talk about this Groundhog stuff, not just Pucks, Tony, Phil. There's a, we found out today there's an imposter. He's a fraud. Yeah, a fraud Groundhog running around in all places, but Hugh's former stomping grounds in Georgia. <laughs> Before the show's over, we got to get Hugh to denounce this fraud 
from down in and the, he is yeah. a fraud. Oh, man. he he's a total man, fraud. They catching strays on this show. Yeah, man. We, we'll get to. I don't, that. I don't like the look of this thing, man. It's they catching strays at this station. Yeah, you gotta denounce this thing. I mean, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, two one five five nine two ninety four nine. We'll come back. Your phone calls. And what did Charles Barkley say? The Sixers are without Embiid. We'll let you hear it next. Midday show, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. You know, meniscus are tricky. I had a meniscus one time and played in a couple of weeks, and I've seen guys miss a month or two. So we got to wait and see the results. But it's a devastating injury. The Sixers, without him, they might be a lottery team. That's how great he is. <clears throat> and, uh, man, I hope he's not out of an extended period of time because uh, it, it, it's just, it's not number one. He's the MVP. That's how great a player he is. But the Sixers got zero chance without him. They zero. are 26 and 8 this year when he plays. They are 3 and 9 when he doesn't. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, 3 and 9. I mean, that speaks to what Barkley's talking about. That would be a lottery team. Welcome back. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. Now, how far will they fall without him over the next, you know, month or two? Right now, the Sixers are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, but there's a pretty big buffer between them and, like, the play-in teams. They have a five-and-a-half game lead to avoid that little seven through ten area mm-hmm. in the play-in. I think they'll remain in the top six. I don't think they'll let fall to be a, a play-in team without them, but we'll see. We'll see how they play. Obviously, they need nights like last night from Tyrese Maxey. Here's where I'm at on all this. I am ready to just punt this season, and I would try to get him fully healthy. Like, I'm not – it's not something I'm excited for, but I think it's the best idea for the future of the team. Get a free agent here this offseason. Use the cap space. Use the, the draft picks if it's a trade. And get a, a number three player in here to go along with Joel and, and Tyrese. And, and I'll go get it next year. But the, the idea of just ho- him hobbling through the playoffs, it, it just – I don't think it's going to work. 215-592-9494. All right, back to the phones in a second here. But we got to make sure over the course of the show, Hugh, you're, you're – Thinking about this, because by the end of the show, Kyle and I and everyone need you to denounce this this fraud. So what's his name? Beauregard Lee, Kyle? General Beauregard Lee. And he's from Georgia. He's a Georgia groundhog. And apparently he tries to guess the weather. Is that yes. his thing? That's, yeah. his, that's his old, that's his spiel. So he's a, he's like a fake Puxatawney yes. film. Yeah. He's a ripoff. He's, he's, a, he's a big time ripoff. Yeah, Puxatawney. so he's a, fr- he's a complete fraud. He's a total He's a clown and a fraud. Yeah, so by the end of the show, he's got to denounce this mm-hmm. guy totally. Officially, an yeah, official, an official denouncement. denouncement. And we're going to give you some uh, the numbers on each of them. Who's better at their prognostication? <laughs> so what did we get this morning? What's the official word? Early spring? Oh, From yeah, Puck early Stani? spring. And another Joel Embiid injury. Uh, yes, that's that's February 2nd. It's the results of Groundhog Day. Just today. about every year. All right, 215-592-9494. Joey is up next on WIP. What's up, Joey? Joey. Joe, what are we talking about? Uh, Joel Embiid, Joey. No, 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 Joe. You're talking about shutting the big man down the first year he has a real coach, the first year he has a supporting cast. We're following the night that Maxi dropped 51, and your show's talking about sitting down Joel Embiid for the season. Until he's 100% healthy. Yeah, Joey, if that means next season, I'll see him next season. And, yes, Maxi's obviously an all-star and a good player, but – what do you mean supporting cast? What else do we have here besides Maxi? We got a chance. 
what else do we have here? We have Tobias Harris. We have a whole bunch of weapons. Uh, Morris Senior. You kidding me? We're stacked this year. I mean, Joey, these guys. Nurse is finally using our bench. Doc didn't know how to use anybody. But Joey, these guys are ham and eggers. These aren't championship players. (laughs) Ham and eggers. Yeah. (laughs) What's the record with Joel when he plays? Three and with him. Yeah, yeah, a lot better. Yeah, is twenty six and whatever. We just, we just uh, Barkley just 20, said it. Twenty six yeah. and nine, yeah. right? Because because of Joel Embiid and Maxi, not because of of Kelly Oubre. Okay, so all right, but so if if they could knock down the Nuggets with Joel and Maxi in the lineup and everyone else, why would we punt this season? Be, so Joey, he, but here's my thing: he's if he comes back. He's going to be hobbling, right? Like he's going to have a brace on. He's going to try, like we always see. He tries to play through these injuries, and he doesn't play as well. So the, the, nothing's going to happen this year anyway. And then if he doesn't fully take care of this knee, I think it just bleeds into next year. I, I just want to get him. Don't you want to see him fully healthy once? Or we can rest him appropriately until the playoffs. Maury can make a move to go grab somebody. We could set ourselves up to be in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what seed we're in. We get Joel right to where we need him. And we make a freaking run with a real team, with a real coach, with no sideshow. That's box, what I'm talking about. Game Harden. That's what I'm talking about. You. Yes, and we get Maxi. Maxi becomes that superstar that we need him to be. I'm with it. Superstar. Yes. Well, he's good. He's, he's certainly an all-star. Joey, I I love it. I love, I love your I love your passion. And I do agree with you on the coach, Joey. I, I'm a, I'm a nurse guy. Joey, good phone call. And I do think Nick Nurse will give them an advantage on the bench in the playoffs they see, haven't man. had the whole time. I, I think that strategically, strategically. That if if we can get Joel Embiid healthy enough, Nick Nurse will find a way to get him involved and and have him be a part of what they're trying to do, you know. Because like having him out there, you have to you got to defend him, you got to guard him, you you have to account for him being out there. So I just feel like I just want to give Coach the best chance he, we can to, to try to win a championship. Yeah, see, man. this is where we disagree. I think they need a great Joel to have a chance. Like you mentioned the year that Nick Nurse had Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was managed through that season, but he was amazing in the playoffs. He was the best player in the playoffs. We can, if we give Joel Embiid enough time to rest, maybe he can be that. You look, don't look at me like that, Joe. Don't do that. Don't do I that. I didn't say anything. Listen, I didn't say a word. You ain't got to say nothing. I saw the way you looked at me like I was drunk. Well, maybe no, the sky will I'm be green drunk. if we keep searching. I'm not an I haven't taken any gummies this morning, so y'all can back up off me this on is that. All you, this is all you saying. I didn't say a word. <laughs> no, but the way you looked at me. No, the best just, player in the playoffs with the, a bum he's, knee? He's the best player in the NBA right now, even though he's hurt. I don't think he is. He, he's he's the MVP, Joe. That, well, that, that's – James Harden won an MVP once. The MVP that, and the best don't, player don't do are that. different don't things. Don't diminish what he has accomplished. You, 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 you're you're kind of diminishing it a little bit. Be, no, he could be the MVP. He's not the best player. He's the best player. Not He's just a little banged up right now. Even this close. team. Do, okay, so do you admit we have a better chance with him course, than we do without? Of course. He's a really he's a great player. He's yes. not the best. So I need him to be out there. I need I need like this is how I I, I look at it. Half of Joel Embiid is better than no Joel Embiid. But we just saw this you in the playoffs last no, year. No, I mean he was I'm awful. Being, but I'm saying we had we we had him with a with a James Harden and a coach that you know is oh, not here anymore. Hold on a second. James Harden had two 40 point games in that yes, Celtics series. Yes, do we think Maxie's going to do that this year? Yes. Oh, but that's that's a high bar. That's a high. And, bar. I and, think he's with. I think he's ready to take that. He big lead. very well maybe. We but, just gotta get somebody else though. Yeah. Well, that's Daryl Moore's job we the next week. I, I just I'm th- I'm ready to think big picture on the Sixers. We do this every year. We we talk ourselves into it's gonna be okay. I'm talking myself I into know. it. That's what everyone's doing. I'm it's, doing it. It's gonna he, be fine. We, this is like I said the other night. This might be a blessing in disguise, Joe. 
the way that he got hurt and we give him two months off, he might be ready to go during the playoffs. There is a there's like a, a Sixers fan midseason manifesto to talk yourself into and Hughes checked every box in the first what 30 minutes. Talking? See, I can't, I can't win. <laughs> no, you it's, it's okay. I pre, I, I like no, this perspective. I'm saying I just I feel like it's it, you have to look at this blessing as, in disguise, right timing. We got we got the second we got a player. good coach. We, Nick uh, Nurse has yeah, made Tyrese Maxey an all-star. He's made him an all-star. We go out and make a move next week at the trade deadline. We we tread water until we get the big fella healthy. Then we make our move in the playoffs. But he's not going to – my thing is he's not really going to be healthy. Like, he'll probably play. Like, you're probably right on this. He's going to come back. He's going to wear a brace. He's going to – but he's not really going to be healthy. It's like you, you think he's I just need him okay. To, I just need him to give me something. Like, give me, give me, give me what he got. And I think that part of that is to take some of the pressure. Like, I think that what's happening is probably going to be a huge motivator for him. Now, now listen to me for a minute. The fact that we're going to have at least, I would say, six weeks without Joel Embiid being out there, whatever the, whatever the diagnosis is, this gives us an opportunity. This gives Tyrese Maxey an opportunity to grow and become a better player in that, that time frame. So now when Joel Embiid does come back, there's some of the pressure of being that guy taken off of him because Tyrese Max has become such this, this great player. I go back to that Dallas Mavericks game uh, last year when I watched him play, and there was something about him when Joel Embiid wasn't out there on the court that, that let you see that this guy, could, he could probably be somebody. Last night. That's what I'm points. saying, yeah. man. Yeah. He's so, an all-star. I mean, but they, don't, they need three more good this players. One we need to go back. We need to go. We need to go. Probably I know. I, I guess, and I, I love the nurse perspective. I agree with you on Maxi. I, and I think Chroma Cookie going to come up big. No, he will not. <laughs> There's no shot. But I, I here's what I will say on this. If the Sixers <laughs> were the one or the two seed, I'm in with you. I'd say this is a rare opportunity. They're the best team in the conference. You can't pass this up. We're talking about a five seed. Anything is possible. A five Anything seed with a banged up best player. Hold on. A home court advantage in the NBA is Doesn't the biggest anymore. farce in the world. Who cares? Matter. Unless well, it's Denver. Often, well, never mind. I was going to say how often, but Kyle does not like history. How often yeah. do five seeds win the title? No, I mean, I don't care. Like, well, what if they're. They like, don't. First of all, the Heat were an eight seed last they year. They didn't win it. But, right. Okay. But they went all the uh-huh. way to, to the finals. Yeah. Right. So, like, they went in as an eight seed probably because they didn't win as much in the regular season, whether it was due to injury or whatever. But when they got to the playoffs and they were fully healthy, they were ready to go. The Sixers could. You know, I know this is getting to be – we're all living in la-la it land. Is, it, this is 1,000% la-la land. But, it's, but it'll it's, be fine, it, Joe. It could happen. It could, yeah, it could happen. I mean, it's, again, pigs could fly. Anything could happen. We need some of this positivity on a Friday. Well, I, but I'm trying to set up long-term positivity. You guys are just burying your heads in the sand and saying, "Let's, it'll be okay. It's a chip in a chair. Next year. No, we got – listen. He got the whole offseason to get healthy. But we, if when the big dog is healthy, we got to play. We got to get ready to go. All right, let's talk to Chris in Middletown. What's up, Chris? Happy Groundhog Day. What's going Which on? Which one? Joel oh. Groundhog Day or the real one? Uh, dude, it's, it's both. It's both going on right now. Hey, I want to get an official record out there. So the groundhog, the real groundhog, Hugh, not that fraud down in Atlanta, um, Whenever he predicts that it's an early spring, he's only ever predicted that 20 times and 108 times he predicts that it's a long winter. So, uh, you know, I guess he's bucking the trend this year, you can say. Oh, may, you know, maybe kind of, I may, to Hugh's point, maybe the Sixers will buck the omen trend. Omen for the Sixers. Yeah, maybe it's an omen. Hopefully. <laughs> probably not. But 
All right, I love that Chris brought some uh, groundhog analytics to the table today. I like that. Yeah, listen, I'm all about you know truth and honesty and numbers here. I'm not about emotion. You know, like, unlike Hugh, who seems to be very embedded in emotion this morning. I am not. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Hugh, uh, listen. Before we move on, because uh, it's related to this, but uh, you know, based on what Punch Tony Phil told us. Uh, it's time to take that $20 coat and put it in mothballs because uh, spring's coming. See, and I, while you're at it, it worked out. Well, it, it, see, it worked out. You didn't me. really need it. Yeah, $30. Yeah. The, the uh, $30 yeah. well spent. Mothball it up, and while you're at it, throw Joel and beat in those mothballs. Uh, it, it's time to hang it up. Call the season. You know, I love all these people that call in and give these stats for Joel. What's the numbers playing with and without him? Can somebody please tell these people what Joel and Beads? Uh, playoff history looks like because that's what we're really talking about and last time i've ever seen him play in the playoffs he's a total damn stiff he's horrible got a better so coach though i am not about to go out and trade players and give up assets so we could surround him so we could lose on the first or second round again i'm done with that put him in mothballs hold on to the assets and i know you don't want to hear it but after the season trade the guy Get rid of them because you know what? You got a young, as Hugh likes to say, you got a young Thundercat. And Tyrese Max has just dropped 51 last night. Man. He's 23 years old, guys. Man. I mean, let's build around that guy. Let's build around a guy that actually can legitimately stand a chance to win because Joel's career has nothing but losses. Guys, I'm going to run, but I want to leave you with something because I got something for you. It's Prediction Friday. What and what are we going to see? In 2024, we're going to see red October. We're going to World Series. MVP's winning an MVP. Let's go, Phillies. You know what? I needed that this morning, Chris. I like that. I like that. It's February. Pitchers and catchers report in less than two weeks. Uh, The little little Bryce Harper MVP prediction will be a second in a Phillies uniform. I like that. I'm in on that idea. I'm excited about the the new jersey, the city jersey. No. <laughs> Actually, Boy, you are just you know, so <laughs> gloomy, gloomy Joe no, today. It's not he gloomy. Said, no, uh, well, you I mean, excited for those jerseys? Excited? No, you know what? I appreciate everybody that slid into my DMs and my my personal emails and explained to me. The, the, the city, city jersey. Yeah. yeah, I actually get it. I, I'm okay with it more than I was. I just don't love the color scheme. Well, it's the it's the color that like they say the decoration of the the, the the blue is for the Declaration of Independence or and whatever. The flag, and the flag is city the, flag. The city flag and the block writing is the way that they wrote the Declaration. I kind of like that. The, That's pretty. Cool. I'm in on the fun. I appreciate that. It, the part that I appreciate is the history behind it and why how they try to 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 incorporate all of that yeah. into the jerseys. So, I don't yeah. give a. Shit. <laughs> I just wanted some red in there. I'm just being honest with you guys. I just wanted some red. I, I mean, but it's going to be like, I like it for the simple fact, you know, you can tr- try to figure out what kind of shoes to put with it. If you figure that part out. I got some, I got some, unk, I got some, uh, some, some Jordan unks that, uh, you unk toe. Yeah. So, so I got a pair. Of I think I've, I think I figured this out. So during football season, most of Hughes' takes were just related to his fantasy team trying to get DeAndre Swift yeah. touchdowns. Not as a, yeah, now this I mean, is about his outfit and look when we get to spring yeah, training. Yeah, we get to spring training. That's, that's what this is really oh, all no, about. I, I don't, the outfit for spring training, if this training go the way that I wanted to go, it's, it ain't going to be nothing but shorts and tank tops. Yeah. That's it. 
thirst trapping in, in Clearwater. That's, that's the name of our trip. Thirst trapping in Clearwater. Get ready for the midday show Instagram story. Thirst trapping in Clearwater with you. I mean, that's that's and we're on our way. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. OG Wade in Chester. What's up, OG? What's up, fellas? How we doing today? Hey, OG. Hey, man. Listen, um, I'm on the board uh, with Hugh on this one because here's what I think we should do. I think the Sixers should trade Tobias Harris for Kyrie Irving right now, and then what? let let Joel Embiid get whatever surgery he needs to get. It's a meniscus pair or whatever. That's not a, a long term injury. He can actually be back for the playoffs for that. And that now you have a valuable championship caliber team because you know you're going to get 20 to 30 from Maxi on any night. You know Joel. Joel gives you 30-something. All you really need from Joel is 28 points a game. You know what I'm saying? And I know Kyrie can give you maybe 20, 28. Man, this team can do something with the with how it's set up right now. Kyrie Irving is the most one of the most skilled basketball players in the league right now, and he has gotten better. I don't know if people watch the, the watch him, but trust me, that that will be the the fix for this thing. So he's a remark. Uh, he's a remarkable scorer, OG. I, I always thought he is. A hell of a, man, I've seen he's, he's a hell of a player. One of the best players I've ever seen going to the basket and getting. He could, you know, like kind of like AI. He could shoot among the trees and get his layup. And OG, would you be willing to give up more? Because I think the the the, the uh, Mavericks would say, give us some picks too, not just Tobias. Yeah, I would be willing to give up more, but here's I think that you wouldn't have to because right now the Mavericks is trying to they want an expiring contract and I believe that's what uh Tobias is. He is, right? yeah, he is. So yeah, I would do that. You know what I mean? And you know, but yeah, I would I'll be willing to give up more. You gotta understand what the big picture is is a championship. We ain't got much longer with Joel and B. And in terms of like what you're saying, like the resting you started out earlier in the week frustrated over Joel's health, right? Mm-hmm. So really, you have already come to terms that he's never really going to be healthy. So you're trying to say, well, let's just wait the next year and he'll be up. No, he is what the hell he is. Yeah, and let's accept that and let's just try to take that damn, well, you take that, that lemon, you put that lemon on that thing, you twist that thing, <laughs> you get all that damn juice up out and then and bring that punk on in here, man. Yeah, well, you know what? And OG, they're probably going to do it your way in Hughes' way. And OG, we appreciate it. So I, I am... Overall, I feel bad for him as a person because he can't stay on the court to do what he's good at. But I'm also frustrated. My perspective today is I just want to try a new way. We've done the the path you guys want to go down. They do this every year. Yeah. And it doesn't it hasn't worked. So I'm I just it's just I'm wondering if they take a more cautious approach. Does he have a better chance of long term health rather than halfway? They've halfwayed his health for six years. I want to see. And it's unfortunate, just like you said. I, I, I want to see Joel Embiid with a good coach and how he strategically puts him in position to be successful. Coach Nurse, throughout this whole time, to me, has done a pretty decent job of putting guys in position to, to be successful, especially when you talk about Tyrese Max and what he's been able to accomplish mm. this year. So I, I want to see that, man. And, and knowing what he knows now probably about Joel and, and learning him, I think that he can do that. I think that he can make a decent run this year if, if given a chance. Look at the coaches compared to him that we'll probably have to see. What's the coach's name up there in Boston? Oh, uh, Missoula. Yeah, Missoula. They got, they got so a hell of a team. Better. But, you know, coaching matters. And I think partly part of the reason why we didn't, we didn't take advantage of some coaching errors last year. I agree. You know, that we could potentially take 
advantage of this year. So that's why I want to see it, man. And that's why I want to see Coach Nurse have his, all his guys out there and hopefully add one more and see how, what we can do with that. So I, I want to see the same thing, and I'll see it next year in the postseason <laughs> when they've punted on this year. I ain't got year. time for that. I need to see it now. What do you mean I ain't got time? What are you, where are you going? I'm saying I want to see it now. Joel and B, we, get him, we, got, two, we got this two-month window to get him healthy. I get you. But sometimes two when, we, when people say I don't have time for that, like they're old. I, I mean, like I, I'll I be. See, I would like to see an NBA championship here. No, no, I but like, like see that. but you, I expect you'll be around next year. I expect to be around too, but you just never know. Yeah, you gotta, oh, you know so what I, mean? I like that. This is his new approach to these conversations. What if I'm not here next year? You know, and that's how you got to look at it. You got to strike while the iron's hot. All right, well, I plan to be here next year, and it gives the Sixers a better chance next year. Then I'm okay with that. They're half, half in, half out with this guy's health. Has let. Isn't that why we're here? Weren't they half in, half out with this knee the whole season? All the reports are coming out now that the knee's probably been bothering them all year. Well, maybe if they thought big picture about this guy instead of like, hey, Joel, how do you feel today? Yeah, I could play. Well, maybe if we stopped thinking like that, he'd have a better shot to play more games. Tom's in Abington. What's up, Tom? Yo, fellas. How we doing today? Hey, What's Tom. On, What's up, buddy? Big Hugh, what it do? Shout out to BG. Uh, so, Hugh... I know you were in the ATL for most of this debacle that is our Philadelphia second rounders. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. So one thing you're going to learn pretty quick about Joel is you say a chip in a chair, right? Yes. Chip in a chair. Okay. Well, with Joel, it's just a chair. Okay. You you follow me? Okay. It's just a chair. There is no chip. I do not see this guy winning a chip, period. Um, Joe, you said something interesting in in the opening. Like, Tyrese Maxey's probably, like, two years away from being, you know, that dude that Mm -hmm. can help you get a chip. Where's Joel going to be at that point? At this rate, I mean, we'd be lucky if he's the player he is now. He's probably going to be less than this. And who knows if he's even here, to be honest. Well, one thing I do know is he'll be hurt. Yeah, that that no matter where he is, he's unfortunately he'll probably be banged up. Yep. Yeah. So punt, don't punt. Make a trade, don't make a trade. It doesn't matter. I do not see Joel Prescott winning a chip. Ooh, Tom, it's fair. It, Tom, it's, it's fair, man. A good phone this. call and have a great weekend. It's it's not unfair what he said. Pick up on that, Joel Prescott. Uh, yeah, I caught the name. Yeah, there's Lamar MB, Joel Prescott. We can Joel do Jackson. Joel Jackson, yeah. yeah Joel Jackson kind of flows. I, I, but that might be true, but I still want the opportunity to see if that I can make that happen, though. And I, That's kind of where I'm at. With I, I understand it, and I, to an extent, I do too. And I just I don't think, I don't think this is the year. And that's why I'm willing to hold my chips to get him fully healthy and to take a better crack at it next year. And if, if they do – look, I, I expect them, Hugh, to do your way. Because Joel's probably going to tell them, I don't want surgery. I want to come back. I mean, and just listen to him. This is the way it's been. I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think it's time to try something new. 215-592-9494. All right. We'll see what Spike Eskin thinks. He's going to join us after break. We'll get his take on what to do with Embiid, how they should approach deadline coming up. And we will have a doctor on in the 1 o'clock hour. So we'll get some sound medical advice coming up. Clarity from the official doctor of the Midday Show, Dr. Bob. All your phone calls, all show, 215-592-9494. A lot of Eagles to come as well on the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports bet, sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, 
cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21+. plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, there's our favorite return on WIP these days. The new afternoon show is coming, including Spike Eskin shortly. He's going to join us right now to talk about all things Sixers and a big topic conversation on the afternoon show this week with Jack and, of course, with Ike. Let's welcome on Spike Eskin, who we await his return here. We've heard him a couple times on WIP the last couple weeks as he gets set to join the afternoon show. Spike, it is Groundhog Day in uh, so many ways here on WIP. Spike, how you doing today? Spike. Hi. Yo, what up, Joe and Hugh? I I heard that return during the uh, during the afternoon show the other day, and I texted Jack and I. I was like, I didn't approve that. Who's uh, what's going on over there? Who's using my voice without permission? Everything has to go has to be run through me before it gets on the air. Is that is we? You is, still got that kind of pool? It still works that no. way? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I gotta learn. That's a lesson I gotta learn. Well, yeah, well we now know. A little bit. At least we know it wasn't you, because we we opened up an investigation on this show to figure out who's fault that was we assume it's jack's doing not yours yeah you could assume that jack is responsible for anything that goes wrong over there i think and that has happened it seems like this week once or twice so. yeah, jack, jack is having a hell of a year so <laughs> yeah. far and is that we didn't even that far into the year but but spike you know you're you are the biggest Sixers fan i know so i'm, I'm curious how did you feel when you heard about joel and b's injury uh, well, so as soon as he left the court against Golden State, I sort of expected this. I expected this exact sort of injury. And the reason I expected it is because the same exact thing happens every single year. And I am disappointed for him, you know, because I, this is obviously a huge impediment to him to his not only his season but his legacy and the conversation around him and he's been the best sixer best sixers player of my lifetime that I've watched uh, at least in terms of his peak so it's sad in that way that not only it ruins this year but it brings into question as it always does the rest of his career uh, I'm sad for us as fans that we had a, a season that felt better than many seasons have over the last several years and that that you know the ceiling of this season is now in question uh, and i think overall i'm frustrated and curious with both joel and the organization and how they handle all of these things because this is now sort of the third regime that has been in charge when he's been there and we seem to have the same issues in terms of communication in terms of injury management every time so you wonder exactly why that is so that's a long answer but i had a lot of feelings yeah i think everyone has spike and, and the last thing you hit makes and it's made me today and we opened the show with this start to wonder if it's time to try something new here because it, it feels like we're probably going to do a thing where he's out for five or six weeks he puts a brace on he tries to ramp back up and we see what he's got in the playoffs and we know we usually know how that ends so I, I wonder if it's time to just take a big-picture approach, like if it means shutting him down for the entire season to hope he's closer to 100% next year and then they could try to improve the team around him. I'm okay with that. What do you think they should do? Obviously, we don't know the full diagnosis and their plan, but I, I, I'm getting tired of 
let's just try and cross our fingers and hope for the best because that never seems to lead to a good outcome for him or the team. Yeah, I, I agree on the rest of this year. We know exactly what's going to happen here. Unless we get some sort of surprise announcement that he's having surgery and he's out for the year, what is going to happen is he will be back at some point in March. He will have moments where he looks good. He will have moments where he doesn't look good. He'll grab at his knee all the time. They'll go into a playoff series where it's better to have him on the court than not, but he isn't himself. He'll miss two games in the middle of the series, and then ultimately they'll lose in the first or second round. I, I think we have an exact script of what's going to happen the rest of the year. I think the problem, I would agree that a new approach is necessary. I think there are two things standing in the way of that. One is that not only do I not know what that approach is, that approach may have to be very, very different than anyone's ever seen before. Sort of in the way that when Kawhi went to Toronto, he was just like, I'm not playing back-to-backs. And they made that commitment for the year. And they went into it knowing this guy is not playing one back-to-back. That's what's going to happen. Now, he's, he is this year. He didn't that year. But, but it was at least an out-of-the-box idea. So the first problem is I don't know what that is. And the second problem is, is that, and I think this is, this is part of why we keep ending up here, is that we don't know how he feels or how he wants to handle this or his receptiveness to those plans. Because my guess is, is that part of the issue that has been happening is that he is not receptive to that plan for one reason or another, because he doesn't like when people talk about him injured, because because the conversation around him is always kind of annoying, and I could imagine it being frustrating for him. But but you have to think back to even when even when he had the, the, the meniscus tear in 2017, he went he tore the tore it against Portland and then a week later, he came back against Houston, went down again, and didn't play the rest of the year. Well, why did that happen? At the time, we blamed the team. But here we are again, looking at the same thing, wondering if it's just him that is determining these things without taking any feedback. And that would be a real problem. It would. Spike Eskin joining us here, talking about the Joel Embiid situation. Or Spike, there's, there's actually a third villain we could throw in here now, at least for some people. So dun, we have Joel to blame. You could blame him in the past or now. The team, their doctors. Well, Jack's part of it. But (laughs) what about the NBA, Spike? Because I've seen that a lot. And Jack actually the other day was was on this idea that the NBA is partially to blame here. They changed the rules, 65 games to, you know, win awards and all that kind of stuff or all NBA. And it's it's kind of pushed players, not just Joel, but any player, to play when maybe they shouldn't play. What do you make of let's blame the NBA now when this happens? We live in a culture where nobody wants to take personal responsibility for anything they do, wants to blame somebody else, wants a rule that's going to fix everything for anyone. If he has to play 65 games to win MVP and he has decided that the playoffs are more important than MVP, then Joel Embiid and the team have to decide not to play in a game. That's it. Like, that, that's all. I, I'm sick of hearing that this rule is you can't get pulled over for speeding if you're driving 85 and say that the problem is that the speed limit isn't high enough. The speed limit is the speed limit. You are the one who has to decide whether you're going to drive above it or you're going to drive within it. Everyone knows the rule. The rule was clear. And, and by the way, everyone was using games played as a metric for awards beforehand. They were just um, applying it however they felt like it rather than having this specific rule. The only thing I would change is that I do not think that any of these awards, all NBA, should be tied to salary. I think the NBA sort of over-legislates individual player salary. Give the team a salary cap. 
tell them what they what it is and let them pay whoever whatever they want to whoever they want don't don't give extra bonuses for all nba say here's the salary cap you you pay everybody what you want to pay and stop setting up all these stupid rules so i would i would take away from that but I, but i don't want to hear that it's not fair that he can't win the nba he can't win the mvp if he didn't play 65 games and that's why he played on an injured knee the same reason i don't want to hear that it's the fans fault for crying about him not playing i don't want to hear that it's the media's fault for doing it they are adults. It is a billion-dollar franchise. It is a player who will make $500 million in his career. Everyone is a grown-up. He's 30 years old now. He's or 29 years old. He's in his prime. Everyone can make adult decisions about their careers. We all make decisions about you know, finances, short-term and long-term, and all those things. Every human has to make these decisions. They have to, too. Triggering a little bit there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sick of everybody <laughs> whining about like it being somebody else's fault. They they had the ability to play or not play. Nobody made him play, you know. And and the Sixers should be ashamed of themselves leaking that stuff to the Athletic. That oh, we saw in his eyes that the only reason he wanted to play was because of all the the bad publicity. Then talk to him. <laughs> then everyone have a conversation about why they're making these choices. Don't just blame fans and blame the media. Yeah, it's almost like. Some adults are saying, man, why can't he be an adult? Well, you be the adult. And so, someone's got to stand up and be an adult. All right, Spike, speaking of tough decisions, Daryl Morey has some to make. We're less than a week from the deadline here. Uh, with what we know and what we can guess about the Embiid stuff, how do you think he should and how do you think he will maybe approach this? Because this is, this is the first time in a while they've they've had choices. You know, they don't, they're not really all in. They could go all in. They could move Tobias' expiring contract, the picks they got for Harden. Or they could kind of just wait and see what the summer brings. What do you think here with the deadline? I think the only difference is is that if you are doing a sort of all-in move, you have to – it has to be – and I think he would have made this decision anyway. I don't think he would have traded all three picks for a player who he didn't think was going to be here next year. So I think if you are – if you are if you're doing that kind of move, you have to be sure that it goes beyond this year. Though I think he was going to do that anyway, and I do think it sort of changes the decision of do we spend one first round pick on a player who might just be here this year, lowering our ability to truly go in this summer, go all in this summer. I think a lot will de- will be determined when we hear how they're handling Embiid, right? Because if if he's going to be out for three months or something, then I think you, you have to keep the powder dry, as they say. I think you have to keep everything. But if it's one of those things where he's going to be back in six weeks, it's just like, if this is the way it's going to be every year, you might as well give it a shot this year, too. All right, Spike, before we uh, we let you go, what's your thoughts? I'm sure you've heard a lot, and you've probably talked to them about it, or you've seen the reaction here. Jack had an idea on the afternoon show a couple days ago. I thought an interesting one. Trade A.J. Brown for one of the best corners in the NFL. And it became a whole big thing here. Uh, what to do? What do you think about the latest Jack Fritz controversy here, Spike? I was just saying that everybody needs to grow up. <laughs> everybody needs to grow up and relax. All the guy did was say, I, I've, I've been listening to WIP my whole life. Fake trades are a cornerstone of what, of what we do on WIP, of what we talk about when we talk about sports. All the guy did was say, would you trade A.J. AJ Brown for Patrick Sertain? If the answer is no, say no. If the answer is yes, say yes. But the complete meltdown from everyone, crybabies on on the Internet, on callers, members of WIP, some who may or may not be related to me, 
no more crying. <laughs> I, I'm going to do fake trades as soon as I get back there. I'm gonna, if they're going to upset people this much, I'm going to do them every hour if they bother people this much. And then the only other thing is, Joe, you remember this. You weren't, you weren't in town. I remember when Carson was there, Wentz, and Elliot, I think, wrote an article about here's how they could trade Carson Wentz, and everyone freaked out. Impossible, too much dead money, could never happen. He's, he's the, the, you know, the, uh, was it second place in the MVP three years ago? Blah, 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 blah. And then three months later, what happened? They traded him. So if you think they're not going to trade A.J. Brown, that's fine. But to have this, like, temper tantrum that the guy suggested it is it, it shows me that Philadelphia is getting softer than I remember. Ooh. And I think that just needs to change. Ooh. We need to fix that. Every once in a while, you need a good Soto for Harper conversation or Sertain for Brown. I mean, it, yeah. it just, I think it gets the wheels turning for people. I, think, I actually think Spike gets healthy for everyone. We, we need to help everyone be healthy around here. And if Jack, if you think Jack's idea is stupid, tell him his idea is stupid. But, but the, just the, the endless crying, and, and we got to protect Jack. Let's admit, we all know he's a little sensitive. So I think we got to stand up and make sure that, you know, make sure he shows up for work the next day. Ironically, as you say, Jack is sensitive. The last time we brought up the return with your voice in it, he walked in here like 10 minutes later and said it wasn't his fault. So, yes, <laughs> a little bit. But, yeah, we'll protect him. And he, he had a good idea on that one. Spike, thank you for hopping in, and we're looking forward to having you back here soon. All right, look forward to seeing you guys. See you there we go, one. Spike Eskin, defending his guy, Jack. And and as we have this week as well, Jack's idea was not crazy. It was a little crazy. A.J. Brown for Sertain is crazy? No, I thought it was a little crazy. In terms of what, the value for the players? Or the no, guy? I mean, I, I, I just don't want to trade A.J. No, no, no. I, but I know, Jack, well, his, you, his you idea did, was valid. You did and didn't uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I, it, was, it wasn't waffling. I, I was uh, being uh, Here we go. I, I caught, by the way, I caught a stray for this one yesterday. As you should. I shouldn't have called a stray. <laughs> I know the high-pitched voice, that's what kind of threw you off yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, no, what I'm saying, I'm being logical. Two, two first-round draft picks, which is no, nobody's going to give me for him. If you give me that, I have to take I got to take of that. Of course you do. Uh, but I'll that's be, not going to happen. I'll, I'll be logical. A.J. Brown for Patrick Dertain is asinine. No, it's a, it's a great trade. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It not. makes the Eagles worse next year. I disagree. I don't know what this it's, offense it's, is going to be uh, next yeah, year. Yeah, come on, man. AJ Brown is it's easier well, to find competent wide receivers than competent corners. Look at the league. Since when? What the league right but, now? Okay, for the Eagles though. Yeah, all right, but they can. <laughs> but they're out there. Like if I say to you, there's a bunch of stuff out there. There's three of that, and there's fifteen of that. You say, what's harder to find? Well, there's one that's three. You can get a competent Chad corner. Got traded. For Clinton Portis, right? Yeah, so that doesn't that give Jack's idea light? No, no, no. Listen. Really. Wait, wait, hold on. It Corners was two are... star players, offense and defense. They were traded for each other in their prime. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, but uh, one of them, well, I guess you're talking about in the prime, in the prime, yeah. in the moment. But it was, that was looked at as became. a very fair trade. Yeah, that, that's okay, actually I got a great – I've got to tell Jack to bring that back up. I don't, I don't care about Clinton Portis or any of that. Yeah, like, that oh, first that of all, come on, man. Yeah, for, <laughs> wide receiver is just, especially now, way, way more impactful than a starting cornerback. I, so. I can get Steven Nelson back there, and if he can cover a guy, it's only one guy on the defense that, that's doing his thing. A.J. Brown can literally walk into the end zone and get you six points. A.J. beat up a lot he of does. corners this yeah. year, too. He beat up a lot of yeah, corners. Yeah, but okay, but as a – Wide receiver, you need the quarterback to be playing well. Otherwise, you're irrelevant. Okay, so what? So, but, so you, now is this a Jalen problem for no, you? Well, no, I'm, what I'm saying is down the stretch of the season, we had this guy, that, oh, A.J. Brown, and it didn't matter. If we get Patrick Sertain, maybe we cover the, the best corner or the best wide receiver on the other team. 
what that doesn't mean that the offense isn't going to score 30 points on our defense still. A.J. Brown can literally get you points. Let's all agree on this. No. Tra- fake trades are fun. Oh, and the oh, idea well, of the they get people going, is, though. They do get well, people it, going. I, I agree with Spike. And I, folks get all up in their And I feelings. agree with Jack. The, 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 like, when you talk to your friends, when you send a text, your, your group text, like, would you, would you make that trade? That's fun. Every, we do have to relax as a fan base with the idea of would you trade that guy for that guy? I think it's fun. Well, you did say he was untouchable, and then you said well, two first-round picks. He is untouchable, but, but untouchable means you're not allowed to touch yeah, him. Yeah, but it, two, two first-round drafts. But that means it's touchable. Well, I'm just saying, though. Ain't nobody giving you two first-round drafts. Well, sometimes you set a bar high. Someone reaches that bar. <laughs> you got to move on. Yeah, right. then I look stupid. You did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 215-592-949. Let's get back to the phones here. Your phone calls on Embiid. Here's where I'm at. If you just hopped in, <clears throat> excuse me, we appreciate Spike joining us to give us a perspective on this. Here, where I'm at on Embiid is – He's hurt. He's always hurt. This is a constant problem. Usually he comes back in the playoffs, puts a brace on, and we unfortunately know how this ends. So I'm willing and ready to do a totally different approach here. Totally different approach. I am willing to shut him down completely 100% out. If that means surgery, we'll see you next year. If it means a long rehab, we'll see you next year. I'm willing to punt the season, and I'll go into next year with cap space to get another player along with Embiid and Maxi, and maybe a new plan to get this guy healthy. Hugh, before we go back to the phones, I thought it was interesting. Spike brought up the idea of maybe moving forward. It's time for a new idea of how to keep him healthy, like the Kawhi thing or yeah. something more concrete. Because doesn't it feel like it's like, hey, he's, he's kind of banged up. Maybe he'll play tonight. Maybe he won't. That's not a plan. No, it's not. You need to, you need to go it, into this and say, hey, Joel, you're going to play tonight or you're not going to play yep. tonight. And I think that that's how we have to do it moving forward, gauge his, his uh, health at the end of every game. Because I think at this point, it, we just have to concede the fact that he's not going to be healthy. Like, there's going to be times where he's going to get injured. And that's unfortunate, but that's, I think that's kind of the path that we're on right now. And so we have to come, to come up with a better plan to help keep him ready for the playoffs. So I actually think it's – so you said, you know, kind of every night make a decision or every other night make a decision. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think next year they should make a, a big-picture decision. I mean, you guys have said to me seeding doesn't matter, right? Like, just get in the playoffs. I wouldn't be upset. Would you guys be upset if next year they just come out and say he's only playing 50 games? They'll still make the playoffs. Maxi and they add another player, they'll be a playoff team. I just think there has to be something different than it's, – it's almost like we're banging our head against the wall every year and expecting it not to hurt. It hurts. My head hurts watching this thing play no, it's, out every it's year. It's tough, and I, and I can't imagine what every Sixers fan is feeling right now, especially when you wake up you it's almost like – Oh, this again. Here we go. You know what I mean? It's, it's like this again. But I think in, instead of feeling that way, we, we move our thinking just a little bit and say, okay, we have the best player in the NBA. We just need to figure out how to keep him healthy and get him ready for the playoffs. And I think that it's also exciting that we have a budding, a budding all-star in Tyrese Maxey. Now, it, it, this is all predicated on what this diagnosis is as far as his knee is concerned. But if he, if they tell me, if I give him, say, two months health, if if he can get ready to go in two months, I'll take that, and I'll and I will I will coach accordingly with that information, and then I will also go out in in at the trade deadline and get a player according to how, or maybe two, maybe I have to get somebody that can can take some of the slack off of Joel a little bit, and then go that route. But that's what I would do. But I would definitely take a chance this year and try to make it happen. Yeah, I'm willing to punt this year. Hugh wants to take a chance and get him back on the court. 
when he can. Luke is in Philadelphia. Hey, Luke. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Thanks for taking the call. You got it, Luke, man. We appreciate it. What are you thinking today? I'm thinking that I'm, I'm leaning towards not shutting Embiid down and bringing him back to the playoffs. And I think the reason being is it just goes beyond what he can do scoring the basketball. I think just having his presence on the court affects the opposing defense so much. He garners so much attention and really opens it up for these other guys on the team. And I just think having him out there is going to make life easier for Maxi for these guys like Melton and, you know, any of the wing bench guys who can really kind of replace the offense that, you know, Embiid might be losing. Like, we can, we don't need Embiid to score 40 for this team to be good. We can say, hey, Embiid, you know, go get your 20. And then, hey, Maxi, we need you to take 10 more shots. Harris, we need you to be a 20-point guy. And I just think having him on the court, even if he's not at full strength, can really positively impact the team and, and you know, maybe let us do a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, Luke, it reminds me of the way you framed it of the good moments in the playoffs last year, like when they won game five in Boston. And I don't, if I'm, my memory serves, he didn't score that much, but he made big defensive plays, Harden scored a bunch of points. You know, and obviously Maxie could kind of take that, that mantle this year and be the point scorer. But, like, you can, you can envision playoff wins they get with a diminished show. Because we saw it, you know, a couple times last year before it went bad. Yeah, definitely. And then on the defensive end, too, I mean, if you think of who we got at center, we got Paul Reed and Will Bamba. And when you put those guys against Giannis or Bam or any of these guys who might be in the first round, I mean, they're going to eat our lunch. So I think just having his presence kind of anchor the defense, too, in the lane, you know, even if he's not again at 100%, it just makes a huge difference. It, he does. I mean, that's it's part of why he's been such a great player. And we appreciate Luke because he could play both ends. He could do that. He could play defense. If Joel is out there, we know they have a better chance than if he's not out there. Definitely. I'm just at the point where I. I'm you're just tired. You just tired. You sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, I just I want to think big picture. I, if I thought they could win the title this year with him, I might feel differently. I just don't feel like they're a championship team this year. So I'm like, maybe next year's a better shot, a better chance to keep him healthy, a smarter plan rather than like, hey, Joel, you playing tonight? Mm. That's not a plan. I mean, that's <laughs> what is that? It's like it's like asking a kid, do you want ice cream for dinner or you want real food? What are they going to tell they you? Say it's better to ask for. Uh, Forgiveness, forgiveness and permission. Yeah. So that's probably how you have to handle Joel. Joel, guess you're 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 out tonight. You're you're a scratch. You're right. a healthy scratch. You're you're playing 50 games next season yeah. or or whatever. I mean, I I don't I don't have the plan. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. We'll have our official doctor at the midday show, Doctor Bob, joining us in the one o'clock hour. Be to... Interesting to see what Doc say about this. Yeah, I, I haven't talked to him in a while. Doctor Bob feels like he will have a plan for the Sixers, a plan for Joel to get this thing. Back on the right track. We'll talk to Doctor Bob coming up a little bit. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll keep. The Joel Embiid discussion going with your phone calls. Would you punt the season and get Embiid fully healthy moving forward? Dr. Bob later in the show. When we come back, we'll mix the Eagles into the conversation. Interesting stuff from Chris Long's podcast on what to expect from Kellen Moore and a Kellen Moore-led offense. And now we officially, officially have every head coaching position in the NFL filled. The staffs are being filled. Do we uh, we feel better about how the Eagles did this whole thing? We'll discuss it. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. It's the midday show on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. One positive is you want to look more like the team that ran the ball. He's going to do that. You know that's that's his bread and butter. I mean, he loves twelve personnel. He loves to pound the rock. They love to have a ground control element to that offense. Where where Kellen Moore was in Dallas, like that was a big part of it. I think you'll see a better run game with Kellen Moore. At the very least, the passing concepts, the fit with Jalen, that remains to be seen. Chris Long chiming in on Kellen Moore and the new One of my favorite players. I used to love watching him play when he was with the Rams. Uh, And and I mean, even Patriots, Eagles. Chris Long is an awesome player. And 
Uh, I like listening to talking talking ball here, especially when he talks about Kellen Moore and what he'll bring to you. He goes, welcome back. Midday show. We'll get back to all your phone calls here on Joel Embiid. Are you okay punting the season to get Joel as fully healthy as possible for next year, cap room, a year later, Maxi, and uh, and go get it next year? I am. I, I don't think this is a title team, and, and I'm not pushing Joel back. He wants to go for it and get him back for the postseason. 215-592-9494. But that was interesting there from Chris Long. He went on to talk more about Chris, about Kellen Moore and what he brings to the table. And you know what? If you like bombs away down the field, we'll get some of that with Kellen Moore here. You look at who Kellen Moore is in the same vein of me laying out schematically who I think Vic Fangio is. I think he's a West Coast guy that puts a twist on it. When you think West Coast offense, you think of Dinkin and Duncan. You think of the short game. You think of quick release. Um, a run game that marries with the past concepts. Um, and you see that so often with some of these West Coast tree guys. But don't get it twisted. This guy is not a dink and dunk guy. You know, he's going to take shots vertically. He prefers having that element in his his game plans. And I think that's a good thing. And it's not going to be music to people's ear in Philly who were screaming all year about short game. I think he's going to have those elements in his offense. You know, he's going to have hots. He's going to have uh, easy answers for quarterback. But I also think having that vertical element will make them look more like 2022. Well, 22 piques my interest because that was an incredible year. Jalen down the field to AJ and Devontae, big plays. So clearly here, Hugh, we're seeing Chris Long is a fan of Kellen Moore, what he brings to the table. So, so here's what I'm thinking. As everyone set their coaching staff now, right? The whole every head coach has been hired. There's no more openings. Yesterday, of course, Dan Quinn got the job in Washington. Hugh, the more we remove ourselves from the decision the Eagles made, and you guys know I thought they should have moved on from Sirianni. Mm-hmm. I am starting to talk myself into this this coaching staff that they put together. I I do think there is a chance that Moore and Fangio can prop this thing up the way we saw Steichen and Gannon prop it up two years ago. Hugh, I'm talking myself into this a little bit. We both like Fangio. Yes. And I'm hearing good things more, more and more, no pun intended, about Kellen Moore. I am talking myself into this coach staff. Hugh, what are you feeling as uh, the dust is settling here with coaches around the NFL? Not yet. I like, I like the coaching staff that we've assembled, but I'm not, I'm not sold yet. I need to figure out what the philosophy is going to be. And part of this is because, Joe, we haven't had training camp and all that other good stuff, and I hear good things about Coach Moore. But I think there needs to be an element to running the ball here because that was a big deficiency. And I understand everything that Chris Long is saying about the hot reads and all this other stuff because, in essence, it's kind of like when Andy Reid was here. Like, some of those plays that you can run with the, with the flat, flat routes and everything, those are light running plays. Mm. But, no, I need to see flat out to- handing the ball off to the running back and letting him do his thing. I think for Jalen, because right now I feel like that would help him out. That would be a huge asset for him. If you can get a back back there that can run between the tackles and take some of the pressure off of him trying to run the football. Yeah, I think they – well, they had Swift this past year. I think they need to just – if they're going to run like, it. I like Swift. I don't think he was used adequately. I'm talking about somebody – I'm talking about like a bell cow. You want like, a thumper. I want, I want a little bit of a thumper. Yeah, I you know it what? Sounds weird. Pause. Uh, it it does. I, think I need to pause. But the people know what you're saying. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you a thumping <laughs> running back. Yeah, one that's gonna make it happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling Kellen Moore's track record. Although Dak did play better, his best football this year without him, he did help Dak elevate in his time there in Dallas. And I'm looking at a guy that, although he has been in a couple stops and still young, he's called plays for a lot of years here. I think Kellen Moore is going to be a higher level coordinator 
than Brian Johnson, probably the minute he walks in the building. Probably already has. It already is. And Fangio is is one of the best. And I know there's people out there like, oh, Vic Fangio, the Fangio defense. I don't want that. Bember, don't break. The guy's got a track record. I am talking myself more into this staff as it played out. It, look, it took me a couple weeks to move on from the idea. They're not moving on from Sirianni. I have to accept it. We got to move on. He's the coach this year. I don't think he's a high-level coach. But he did get to a Super Bowl with two really outstanding coordinators. That's the formula they're trying again. 215-592-9494. We'll throw the Eagles in the mix here. Are you starting to talk yourself into this staff here for the Philadelphia Eagles? Kyle, what do you think? I mean, what was it, two, three weeks ago, we're sitting here on Sirianni Watch, Mm -hmm. and things didn't change. But as I'm watching the staffs assemble across the NFL, you know, Quinn's out of Dallas, so that hurts them a little bit here, right? They don't have quite a great staff around McCarthy. You look up and you're like, all right, Dan Quinn, and we'll see who he hires a coordinator. Brian Dable cursing at Wink Martindale and getting him to leave the building. And then uh, who, who am I missing in the NFCs? You got, oh, the commanders, right? Dan Quinn and, and, oh, and, the and McCarthy and who knows, right? Essentially so, Chip Kelly. Uh, well, that's part of it, too. That's a so, name that's been thrown out there. When you add it together, it's like, all right, Sirianni, Moore, Fangio. It still may line up as the best trio in the NFC. So I'm starting to talk myself in that this could work a little bit. Yeah, I see. I'm starting to see that the painting come together. And I compare it to you guys have, are familiar with the Bob Ross, the show where Bob Ross is is is, is doing all the painting. I grew up on it. Yeah, everybody I does that. Happy, I used squirrels in the trees. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you ever like wa- you ever watch that and you see him put that big brown streak in the middle of the painting? You're like, hold on, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, there's no way this is going to look good. And then he starts doing things around it. He, things start coming together, and you're like, "Wow, that's a beautiful painting." Why was I ever, why, why was I ever freaking out? Be honest, Kyle, you was trying to paint with with, with Bob Ross, weren't you? No, you no, no, no. I I knew that you was well, well above my uh, my skill set. <laughs> I never attempted to do it. But when it was just them bringing back Nick Sirianni, it's that big brown streak on the Bob Ross painting where you're like, "What the hell is this?" But then they sort of build the Vic Fangio, the Kellen Moore around him, and you're like, "Okay, I'm starting to see the painting come together." I agree. I think they have the best coaching staff in the NFC, so let's go do this thing. Yeah, it's not what I if, – if I was in charge, this wouldn't have been what it is. But when you watch the whole painting, to use the Bob Ross analogy that Kyle brought to us, and I, I watched that guy for hours of my childhood, that painting usually came out and looked pretty good. I, I don't know how, what the hell Bob was doing to get there. I don't know if he knew it, but it worked at the end of the day. Bob was that dude, too. Bob was. You said you watched the documentary on Bob Ross? I did watch the documentary. He had a, uh, some stuff going on with his family members and stuff. It was really weird. But it was a good documentary. Was it called Happy Trees, the documentary? I forgot what the name of it was. Because that was his whole thing. Happy Happy Accidents. Was happy tre- was happy Trees is what he was doing with the gummies. Oh, that's right. Happy Accidents was his happy thing. Happy Trees, yeah. yeah. Happy Accidents, yeah. Happy right. Accidents. All right, 215-592-9494. We'll get back. We'll get to all your phone calls right now. On Embiid, would you be okay punting the season? And are you talking yourself into the coaching staff the Eagles have put together here, especially as you watch everything else play out, all the guys that did get hired across the NFL and obviously the big names that didn't get hired. Jeff is in Wilmington. Hey, Jeff. What's up, guys? What's up, Jeff? Joe, the last time the Sixers won a championship, I was 18 years old in 1983. I'm totally okay with having uh, with running this as it is with Joel and maybe adding a piece or two. We've only had – really, we've only had two other stars in that 40-year span, Iverson and Barkley. Mm-hmm. And Iverson was the closest one to get to it. I thoroughly enjoyed that season like I'm enjoying this season because I, I, I can't see punting away for what. The one, I said this the other day, the one constant we've had with, 
but Joel is that he gets hurt. He was hurt for two years before he even we drafted him. He didn't even play for two years or a year and a half or whatever it was. So it's not like this is any surprise. So I'm willing to just go ahead and try to figure out a way to get somebody else in here to help him out or help the team out uh, and run with what we have because what what you're you're basically asking to do a mini tank for the rest. Well, of the no, team. I mean the the team is still going to go out and compete. Mini tank. My my point is I, I'm just not willing to invest assets like the the picks they have that they could trade for someone at some point, right? They don't have to use them next by next Thursday. They could hold on to them. And the other part is, Jeff, I just never feel like since the beginning of this, they've actually taken his health super seriously. They, they kind of halfway this where they're like, oh, are you hurt? I don't know. Go rest for six weeks. Put a brace on it. We'll see what happens. And then he keeps getting hurt. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just wonder if, if, they're, yeah. if they're big picture about this and they actually shut him down. Maybe next year he's got a better chance of staying healthy. I just, I just don't want to shut him down for the rest of the year because it's just – why watch the team? I mean, Maxi can't carry that team by himself. Well, we agree on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it would certainly lessen their chances. And Jeff, we appreciate it. I think we all realize that. What what I'm effectively saying is is whatever chance you think they have to go is better it, with him on the court. Yeah, and whatever chance you think they have, it would take it down to almost zero. And I I guess the difference for me is I don't think they're going to win the title anyway. If I thought this was a title team, I'd say. Ah, put a brace on it. Like like Jalen last year. Remember Jalen was had the shoulder issue? Yeah. I mean, no one was saying shut Jalen down because we had a chance to win a Super Bowl. So it's like, Jalen, play through it. Like, let's get, get that shoulder as healthy as you can, and let's take a run at this thing. And it almost worked because they were a number one seed. Yeah. This team is, you know, they're pretty good. They're a pretty good team, but they're not that. I think every chance that you get to, to play the season and get a chance to be in the playoffs, you should take full advantage of that, regardless of what the circumstances are. And it's unfortunate for us that we've been having to deal with this injury bug with Joel and B for the last couple of years, but I'm confined or con, con, I'm I'm at the point now where I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to enjoy him for what he is mm-hmm. and knowing that he's going to get hurt and pr- try not to put that much pressure on him. And the fact that we have a, a better head coach makes me a little bit more comfortable going into it, knowing that strategically this coach is going to probably put him in better position to be successful. Yeah, well, it's the best coach they've had strategically since Larry Brown. I mean, it's been a long time since they had someone on the sidelines you felt like it's going to give you a real edge strategically. I liked Brett Brown. That wasn't his thing. Doc, you know, we know the Doc experience where that's the strategy in the postseason is not his thing. So, yeah, it's been a while, and I agree that could help them. Pete is in Los Angeles. He's on WIP. Hey, Pete. Can I get a witness? What's up, Pete? Uh, nothing. Uh, I told uh, Kyle that, you know, yesterday I was stone cold sober. I was like, should I call the guys? And Kyle's like, yeah, you made a right to sit and call today. Oh, you're not sober today? No. Hugh. Oh, okay. Why would I? It's, it's, no, it's I'm just Friday. asking. I mean, Hugh, it's, it's eight, where are, you, are you in L.A., Pete? It's 830 in the morning. Yeah. What do you no, expect out no, of this guy? I, Pete, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be a, a smarty <laughs> pants. I was just – I was just trying to get some clarity. That's what is wrong with him? The clarity is um, generally I wait till my girlfriend goes to work. Um, she's still, you know, she's still there. I give her some cream cheese and uh, <laughs> a bagel, maybe. I'm looking at a threesome. <laughs> no, there you go, Kyle. If, if she, if she, well, she knows I call in once in a while, but whenever I do call in, I was like. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm calling because I'm going to win a prize for my niece, you know, in Delco. <laughs> Does she buy that or oh. she thinks you're crazy? So anyway, 
but you guys got me fired up on the whole football situation. What do you think, Pete? Give us your take. My take mm-hmm. is uh, it's way early. Why are we even talking about, like, Kellen Moore? Are you kidding me? Let's get a running back in. Like, like you said, let's get some players. Players, and then we can talk. I understand everybody wants to talk about the Eagles, but I know that the Sixers stink and the Flyers are, you know, dealing with their thing. But honestly, are we really talking about Kellen Moore? Well, what? So you, what do you want? A running back that would make you feel better? You want? You, oh, do you want well, Swift I would, back? I would like a lot of players. Well, I, like I, you. We, I would too. I'd like a whole new defense, but we got to take what <laughs> yeah. we can get. You? Yes. I, I just want to come at you, buddy boy. You can. Um, I mean, you know, it's okay. What's up? What's going on, man? Buddy boy, uh-oh. <laughs> he buddy boyed you. You make me happy. Uh, you guys are the best show. It's not even close. So just, like, just realize that whatever you guys are doing, keep it up, and I really appreciate you guys make me laugh. Well, Pete, we, we appreciate we, you listening. We appreciate you being part of the show. Pete, thank you for calling there. So, Pete, uh, he wants back. He, he's with you on the running back thing. Yes. He said he was going to come after you, but I don't, he didn't really come after you. Just he did, and he was like, you know what? He sounds like he has. He's over there having a lot of fun at like what? Eight thirty. Yeah. Yeah. You did that quick math in your head, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you know what? When he first said he was, he was, you know, um, he was he's, drinking he's, a little bit. He's having a little yeah. bit of fun. It's all right. I mean, it's, I was like, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's eight a.m. It might Pete be five is. in the morning. You know? it, it, well, we're not that far away from it. Um, speaking of people, we got to go after Beauregard Lee. If you missed it earlier, he's the fake Puxatani Phil. He's a fraud. Total fraud. He apparently tries to guess the weather. Down south in Georgia, so we're uh, we're waiting for Hugh. Hopefully, by the end of the show, is going to totally denounce this guy. You better denounce this guy as a total fraud. We want full conviction. Feel attacked. Yeah, you should. I want Beauregard Lee to not recover from you denouncing Mm. him. I I feel attacked. No, we're attacking Beauregard (laughs) Lee. He's coming after our guy, Paxitani Phil. This is his day. Full frontal assault on Beauregard Lee. Now, does Beauregard Lee do his thing today, or does he pick a different day? I would hope he does it on Groundhog Day. Because he's a groundhog. Kind of, well, ground you know, hog, yeah. You, yeah, he's supposed to be a groundhog. I consider him more like a rat. Okay, <laughs> they're all kind of like in the rat family, though, right? I, you know what? That's I a good question. I don't know the where the groundhog derives from. We can Our, well, yeah. we can Google it. I Google it at while we we've trying to figure. Ah, right, you know what? We're a show that tries to figure things out mm-hmm. on the fly. Where does the groundhog come from? All I know is that today, Pakistani Phil is telling who's, us that we're getting an early spring here. Who's the resident scientist on the Midday Show? Is it Herb from the Northeast? If I had to pick one, yeah. Who's who? And who do you think the resident scientist at WIP would be? Well, Howard Ooh, thinks Howard's he's a meteorologist. A, he thinks he's a meteorologist. He's, he's <laughs> thinks. It, it, it is classified as a marmot. The groundhog mm. is a member of the squirrel family. Squir- Squirridia. What does it say? Squirridae within the order of ri- ri- rodenti- rodentia. I killed all. I think oh, you rodent, nailed rodent, that. Ro- rodentia. rodentia. The rodent would so be a rodent family. Yeah. Uh, I think based on well, the last, like I'm well, on okay, uh, it says marmot and squirrel. So which one is it? But it, but the rodentia, I would think, means rodent. That's what I would say. He's, yeah, he's vermin. To me. States, yeah. yeah. Based on this, I would say Kyle is a resident scientist because yes. he was on to the trail. I was on to the rat. Yep. The rodentia. You could you could see a rat from a long distance. <laughs> a <laughs> snake rat. He's yeah. a fraud. This thing. This man. thing, Beauregard Lee. What a fraud. Herb in the Northeast. What's up, Herb? What's up, boys? Herb, what's how are we feeling? Man? I'm doing all right. Okay, now Joe Allen B. If listen, the way I saw this, the way he fell down and the guy fell on his knee. Okay, mm-hmm. it looks to me like okay, it ain't going to be that long. He'll be back on the court. Okay, 
what he needs is he needs what I've always said. Lay in the pool for a couple hours. Hot and cold contrast? Lay, lay in the hot tub. Lay in the hot tub for an hour. Do it off and on like a whole day of it, man. That will loosen up inside the muscle. He'll be okay. Give him a, give him three or four days. He should be back on the court. Put a brace on him, whatever, and, and tell him to stop going after balls on the ground. Man, all he needs to do is shoot, rebound, and walk and go down the court, play defense. That's it. Stop trying to do too much. Herb, when you when you do this, do you start with the hot, then go to the cold, or do you start with the cold, then go to the hot? I would go to the hot first. Hot first. What do you, Hugh? What do you okay. recommend? He's, I, I recommend that too. Herb, yeah. Herb's right the on, hot right and on then the cold. The hot, then the cold. Off and on. You can do a half hour, whatever you want. Twenty minutes, half hour, hour, whatever. But the you know football players love that. Okay, especially after a game. If they got the facilities in that stadium, oh, otherwise the, the next day when they come in to get their paycheck, a lot of them are sore for two, three days. That's why you you hear guys are not practicing on Thursday because they're still sore, and the team don't want them to get hurt on a practice game. Wait till Friday when they, you know what I mean? You only need a couple days to know what. Are. Yeah, and we can't. We, we got to have him. The soreness has got to be out. The, so the hot, then the cold. Herb, good phone call. We always appreciate you. But don't you end cold then? You go hot to cold. You're getting out of the cold. You're you're, you're cold. I usually, if if I ever did it, which I didn't do it a whole lot, I'm not getting back in the cold till once I get out the, the hot. It's a wrap. Just so would you go hot cold step. hot? No, I'm, I'm gonna still go hot cold. I'm gonna still go hot cold hot. Oh, so hot, cold, hot. Yeah. And then you're done. Yeah, that's a right. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. you don't want to end cold. Getting, nah. You're freezing. Nah. But some guys do. Some guys go straight cold. They go cold, hot, cold. Where do we come down as a show on the idea of uh, cold showers? Never. I think it's psychotic behavior. It's ridiculous. Like, I've, I've, seen, I've read things where people are like, that's the best way to wake up in the morning. Are you crazy? I'm not cold? doing no cold water. I mean, I've, I mean I've, ha- I've done it before when, like, you know, if you're, like, depending on where you are, if you're in a hotel or something, sometimes the hot water doesn't work. Right? I think we've all probably, unfortunately, taken a cold shower before. It's miserable. It is. Yeah, you're a sicko if you do that. I, I, just, I, don't, I'm, I know people do it. I don't know how anyone actually does that. George is up next on WIP. What's up, George? George, you with us, buddy? Yeah, hello. Hey, George. What's up, George? What you got, Mike? Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, oh, that's all right, George. Yeah, um... I was just thinking about having a solution to this problem. To the Joel, J- Joel and, All right, I want to hear. What's your solution to the Joel problem? Yeah, I have a two, 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 uh, two-fold uh, solution. I, I agree with both of you guys. Thank you, you. I have a solution. We can use you and your method as well. Okay. And how. Mm-hmm. Joel is a dominant player whenever the season starts for the first three, four months. And mm-hmm. he gets injured, right? Yes. So I think the basketball goal is saying this is our year. Joel got hurt the right time. Time. So put him on the sideline now for the next two months to two and a half months, and bring him back in the playoff. Draft. I'm not draft, but trade for a carry. Someone suggested carry Irvin. You can do that to keep the the the, uh, the team together with Maxi and Terry together, and bring Joel in maybe around the end of March or early April, and then we go through the playoff. He's going to be 
eighty to 85% healthy, and he's going to dominate the playoff for the first time ever in his career. George, I, and, I, I and hope after, after I would love season, this if it came so true. We feel like Kyrie's no, it, the it, 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 It's going to happen. But, but I'm not right, sure right. the Mavericks are going to trade Kyrie. I mean, I think okay, if, if they don't do that, we can always find someone else. But I'm just saying you're just using him give, as an example. Give, yeah, yeah. give us another person to help uh, our, our, our number two guy, right? And then at the end of the season, maybe we'll get to the second round, pass the second round, go to the final, even win the championship. Yeah. Then we get to your scenario. Right after the season ends, he go get a surgery and don't come back. Keep in for another five months. At, at the beginning of the next season, he does not come back for the first 10 or, or 15 games. Oh, I like this. You're threading the needle. So we go a huge plan to end this year. With ra- some win-win. Raise a trophy. Yeah. And then next year we come back and we try to do we try to rethink the whole thing to you know to make yeah, it smarter. Do, do yours during the off season, yeah, and then bring him back midway in the first quarter of the season. Sound like a win win to George, me, George. You know what? Once in a while, we we don't. I mean, George, good phone call. We always want our you know you, you call in. You which you know is it? You, which, who do you agree with? Right? Like uh, we're debating something. Mm-hmm. I like that. He had both of our scenarios. I don't think the Kyrie Irving thing is going to happen. I don't think they're going to yeah, trade that, Kyrie. That sounds like a lot. All right, can I give you one name? There's there's one name. Just one. That if the Sixers could get him, I would I'd put away my punt the season idea. Who's that? That's LeBron. <laughs> if, Le- if LeBron came here, I-, I would be like, all right, screw it. Let's go for it. It's LeBron James. Do you know why I- I'm against that? And this is for selfish reasons. I'm not going to lie. I mean, LeBron probably still has a little bit left in the tank, and it looks like the, the Lakers are probably going to try to go younger at some point. Well, he just may say, I want to leave. Yeah, he might do that too. But, man, do you know how hard it's going to be to get a Sixers ticket if if LeBron comes here, like, to any game? Yeah, but do you know how much interest there would be in this oh, team? Oh, it would be bananas. It would be bananas. So, Kyle, the only way I'm in on not punting is if you bring LeBron here. They give me LeBron, and I'm uh, then I'll, I'll change my mind, and I'll no say go for it. This year. Ain't going to be a no, because it's going to be packed all the time. So, you worried about parking? Yeah, I'm worried about all of that. I'm trying to win a title. I, I just I, – hold on. We're still on this LeBron is, like, perennial winner thing. Uh, He's not anymore. You guys are driving what are you t- What are you talking about? 27-5-5. The last time LeBron did anything significant, and no, I mean significant, the, not the Disney World bubble title. Enough on. of that. Get real. What's the last time LeBron did something significant? It was like 10 years ago. What, what, hold on. He was in the legit. Western Conference Finals last May. So? Well, what, what's it? That's further than the Sixers have been for two decades. Yeah, and he 40, not, not because of LeBron, man. He I'm sorry. Okay, guys. Hey, hey, dude, he's cooked. Are you kidding me? He, he's it, I don't it, know about in the postseason, he, he, he'd still he be this team's be. best player. Yeah, that's not saying much either. Well, but that's the truth. Okay, I'm trying. I'm, I'm sorry. Tra- there's so many better options out there than freaking LeBron. Dude. You guys Come on, man. are Dr. Murray's nuts. No. Not, I didn't say over LeBron. Oh, James. thank you. Please. I was I was about to jump out. But I'm saying LeBron is not coming here. Number one. Well, but we the, the story's out there is LeBron may just want to get into a place he could win one more time. Like, I don't think he – it's just not he's like – He's not Le- coming here, then. Well, maybe not. But if it's between the Knicks and the Heat and here, I don't know what he's going to pick. I'm just saying I am very willing and ready to punt the season. And none of these names that I've been presented, Kyrie Irving, DeJounte Zach Murray. Zach Levine. Zach Levine, I would throw up. <laughs> throw the, up. That it's contract the, it's is – the money. It's the money, but okay, money aside, like it's a salary cap league, and he's still he's still banged up. Though. Yeah, money aside, like that's how Tobias Harris got the max contract. Oh, money goodness. aside, I can't do another five years of a forty million dollar a year guy. That's not that good. So 
unless it's LeBron, I'm out. I'll just punt the season, get Joel fully healthy. We'll go get him next year. All right, 215-592-949 for your phone calls on all this, the Embiid situation. Would you be willing to punt the season to get him fully healthy for next year? We got open lines for you. And the Eagles, have you talked yourself into this coaching staff? More Fangio helping Sirianni get this thing done. I, I'm starting to talk myself into these coordinators. 215-592-9494. It is the Midday Show. A lot to discuss here, including, you know, the Sirianni thing. A lot of questions of if he lost the locker room. Well, one prominent Eagle says he did not. Does it matter? Should we take it seriously what's being said? Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gilly, you guys with us. 215-592-9494. Is it time for the Sixers to just punt the year and take a big-picture approach on Embiid's health? I say yes. Hugh says no. Get him back for the postseason. Of course, the Eagles, are you starting to talk yourself into this coaching staff? See, the other jobs are filled. We know all the head coaches. Sirianni, obviously, one of those, one of 32. Dan Quinn now in Washington. And the more I think about the staff, Moore's a good coordinator. Fangio's an excellent coordinator. I've talked myself a little bit to this thing possibly working better than I thought, you know, when Sirianni stayed a couple weeks ago. But one thing I've noticed that people are brought up, and it's interesting to hear, is players coming out to defend Sirianni, right? He's a good motivator. He's a good leader. So maybe the locker room really wasn't anti-Sirianni at the end. One of those clips I heard, and we'll bring it to you right now, is JC Kelsey, New Heights, talking about Nick Sirianni and and how much he likes him. Nick, and I really mean this is one of the best coaches I've been around and talking about coaching situational ball, really understanding what to do in the right moment, motivating guys. We coach things up in team meetings and hold people accountable better than uh, pretty much any other coach I've been around. Players love them. They'll play hard for them. I know it was a really year for us. I think that Nick has a lot to bring as value as the head coach and the uh, organizational leadership that he provides for the team. The other thing that I think if Nick moving to like a head coaching position, he removed himself from play calling duties last year with Shane Steichen. That ended up working out pretty damn good. Nick has shown in his tenure with the Eagles that he's going to do whatever he thinks is in the best interest of the Philadelphia Eagles. And he doesn't care about how other people perceive it. He doesn't care about anything other than what's in the best interest of the team. Players respect the hell out of coaches that operate on that level and communicate things like that. So that's all good stuff by Jason Kels there, Hugh. I mean, he's talking positively about Nick and how he should, because that's his coach. Yeah, and he's doing what's good for the team. But I, I saw that a little bit. People were like, see, you know, obviously Sirianni's fine. Everything's fine. It's not about Sirianni. And I appreciate Jason Kelsey's perspective. He's been here a very long time. But that that doesn't that can't move me. I mean, every the time. The dog don't hunt for you, Well, Joe. here's why. I mean, I, I don't have to. I'll just read it to you. Every time Jason Kelsey is asked about a coach when things are going bad, he backs the coach. I have quotes here from Jason Kelsey back in, you know, early in his career saying Chip is like one of the guys. I have a screenshot of and Chip, we as we found out, wasn't really one of the guys. OK, and then this one and this was more recent and the Chip one, you know, who knows? Maybe he was, you know, Jason was early in his career that he wasn't as outspoken. So that was just maybe a line. He was in the locker room. He said he's like, he's like one of the guys. Okay. This is just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read this entire. This is as Doug Peterson was about to be gone from here. Quote, Doug obviously saw it last week. I mean, we're 3-8-1, and one, and the guys are still going out there and giving everything they've got. I think he's a great head coach that is a great motivator. And he, went, he talks about how he motivates people to get the most out of people. My point is, 
I appreciate Jason Kelsey's perspective, but he says nice things about every Eagles coach. So, like, that can't make – that's not going to change gonna my opinion. That's not going to make you feel better because no. he's, he's kind of skewing a little bit BG. Love BG, but a BG positive. is super, super positive. positive. Super positive. And I think for the most part – You should be. And current players aren't going to rip their current coach. No, nah, but you have to know. I, I think the reality of the situation is you have to know that there was some flawed – something flawed with this football team. But I think when you talk to the veteran guys and what they try to do because they are veterans – they try to put out as many fires as they possibly can right. and and try not to make it controversial because they know, you know, when you say stuff like, say, for instance, what AJ said or didn't say yesterday, that call, that has a chance to be controversial, especially nowadays when, when we're all sitting on social media looking for some kind of sign to validate what we've already been feeling about whatever the situation is. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit more savvy when it comes to stuff like that. So I'm not mad at him about it. But to your point, you do have to take it with a grain of salt because he is a super positive guy. Totally. And I'm not mad either. But the I mean, bottom line is this, Joe. Something happened. Somewhere along the line, this culture got derailed, mm-hmm. and we still don't know what it is. So I'm not mad either. And I actually think it's, it's, it's him showing leadership, right? You said put the fires out. I yeah. think Kelsey does that really He's well. He's a fire putter. He's a spokesperson. He tries to put fires out. He he gives you the, the perspective of, of this is good, not bad. And I think that's good for the team. But, you know, you ever ask a parent about their kid and how smart they are? You, are you getting an honest answer or are you getting you, – you see it through a different lens, right? You are, you're you're going to be endlessly positive about your child. You're never going to see the – Maybe the flaws that they may have as like a student or whatever. You mean like when 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 some parents say their their kid is cute when they're really not? Uh, yeah, something like that. that. Yeah, that that was that's a bad analogy. No, but it, yeah, right. Like you're not going to get an honest answer, and I think that was a good over, analogy. Yeah, over time we found out that Jason Kelsey is going to back the Eagles coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the quotes are there, the audio's there. It doesn't matter. Like Doug was three eight and one and about to get fired, and all he talked about was motivation. Here's what it is for me: actions speak louder than words. They could tell me all off season. Sirianni, they got his back. He didn't lose the locker room. They played like they wanted the season to end. Yeah. On and, the field. And to be fair, like, I remember when, when Coach Rose was here. I didn't want him to get fired. And when people asked me about him, I was very, very positive. He ended up getting fired anyway. Right. And now, like, sometimes you don't see the forest for the trees, and maybe that's what, where, where uh, Jason is right now. And I maybe mean, that's he fair. believes and that's it. Fine. And, and he that's might, fine. But show me, and not just Jason, show me as a team you've got this guy's back and you believe he knows what he's doing. Show me. Because I, I watched a wide receiver tell us that they didn't believe the offensive coaching staff knew what the heck they were doing. They were changing plays. They showed us they didn't, they didn't really believe in the coaches. So, you know, show me, don't tell me. I, I've, I've seen enough quotes about, oh, this, I like this coach. Oh, this coach is a great motivator, great leader. Well, why don't you play like it down the stretch of the season? So I, I, that's where I'm at with that, that whole thing. 215-592-9494. You can react to the Kelsey comments about Sirianni and the New Heights podcast. Of course, Embiid. And you're talking yourself into this full staff between Sirianni, Moore, and, of course, Vic Fangio. Phil in West Philly. When I see this on the board, I like to take these calls. Joe is making no sense. Let's talk about it. What's up, Phil? Gentlemen, how you doing? Hey, Phil. What's up, buddy? It's been a while. Listen, Joe, now you know normally, man, I, I keep it civil, and I, I, I normally, 99% of the time, agree with you. I, I just do. But what did you expect from Joel? Listen, he didn't play for, what, the first year and a half he was here? Mm-hmm. He's eight years older now. He's 45 pounds heavier. 
a seven foot guy, almost three hundred pounds, who began with a bad knee, it doesn't end well eight nine years after he's already in the in the league. However, I do agree with maybe you sit him a little bit. You know what I mean? Take the penalty. You play him half the season. You wait for the playoffs. The guy's good. We're good to go. But but expecting Joel anything else from Joel Embiid at this point, eight nine years into his career when he's got a bad need to begin with is a little bit crazy man so i'm, I'm well i'm confused at what we disagree on i agree on what you said there you're like so you're are you reacting to my plan to let's just punt this year and try to get him healthy for next year absolutely absolutely that's what i'm well about. but phil here's what we've never tried and i and i mean like really tried they've never really done get a thing super healthy well with a full plan like coming into the season fully healthy not off of you know trying to hobble through the playoffs and then a plan next year, and I don't know what the right plan is. Is it no back-to-backs? Is it 50 games? I don't know. But a real plan. Games, okay, man. so maybe. So okay, it, let's go with that. 50 games. We've never seen that. Like no, no hobbling through the playoffs. Get off your feet. Do the whatever the the doctors say, surgery or rest. And then we come back next year. We do 50 games, and we see how it plays out. I agree. The other thing I have to say is there's no way in the listen. I I love Patrick Sertain. Take the top defensive guy in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 unless they're throwing three first-round picks for the next 20 years in a row, there's no way in the world I'm trading A.J. Brown, Patrick Sertain, straight up. There's no way. Not with our offense the way it is. There's absolutely not a chance in the world I'm doing it. You, I think you guys underestimate the importance of some defense around here. I mean, Phil, I get it. I get how good AJ is. It's not about him. And Phil, good call. Luxury. We didn't really, really disagree as much as Phil thought we would. I, I agree with most of what he said. But guys, the deep. We need to get some defense on this team. We do, but I don't think it's at the at the cost of getting rid of my biggest asset on offense. I don't think that. Now, I'm not waffling on that. I want him to be here. I'm not waffling on my biggest asset because I don't know my quarterback. The only way, if if you want to call me a waffler, the only way that I would trade A.J. Brown is if I had Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. That's the only way I'm doing it. I, I like Jalen. I think that he could be a phenomenal quarterback. I'm not prepared for life without A.J. Brown to see what, see what Jalen Hurts is. I'm not there yet. As but you could just get seen, another good receiver. Uh, I got one that I know he works well with. You just get another A.J. Brown? And another I, we got, good, we no, got, I said another good receiver. We got good. Coach Goober here that's going to put him in a position to be successful. With all We've seen A.J. run slants and stuff. I, I want to see Coach Goober with the slant game. I want to see how he gets the hot routes going. You know, uh, is he, is he officially about, Coach Goober? To me. Until how, he's not. How does he become Coach Moore again? When how does he, he earn on, that back? When he, when, he, when he has his first Eagles press conference and he puts on that Eagles gear. Oh, okay. Because I still see him as a Cowboy. I think most do. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, to be Coach fair, Goober. when I, I either picture him there or at Boise State when he's playing for the Broncos in the blue on the blue turf. Yeah. So here's my thing on this. I understand you guys keep saying Mahomes is the outlier. He is the outlier. Yeah, but he didn't score 35 points to get to the Super Bowl. They scored 17. The Chiefs are where they are this year. Because of the defense. Defense and Mahomes. Like, they're not winning these games 42-41. No, I hear what you're saying, but still, he's still the guy that makes it go for that team, and he has already been that guy. He's I, always been that totally. guy. Totally. But guess what? He could be the same Patrick Mahomes. If they were giving up 35, they'd lose on Sunday to the, to the, to the Ravens. They would have lost. Forget Patrick Mahomes, okay? A.J. Brown 
removing him and adding Patrick Sertain makes the Eagles worse next year. I disagree. What? There, I mean, there's not really an argument. Yeah, I mean, there is. you're no, 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 no. Because AJ Brown, first of all, his position is way more impactful than what Patrick Sertain's position is, and AJ is a better receiver than Sertain is a cornerback. I reject that premise. It's uh, well, for, it's it's you true. I mean, it's a fact. AJ oh, Brown is one of the best receivers in the league. Sertain's one of the best young corners in the league. Yes, but there, like, you can find five other corners probably better than uh, Patrick. See, Sertain. we we view it totally opposite on that. I think there are more good receivers. Like, I could find. Puka Nakua put up A.J. Brown's numbers. Puka. I'm not taking They found him in the fifth they're, round. Oh, okay, they're not as good as A.J. Brown. Now, let me throw this at you. The Jets have Sauce Gardner, right? Maybe the best corner in the league. Yes. What's that gotten them? Well, the problem – okay, you're oh, right. The mm. problem is their offense isn't good enough, I right? Think, you know, I, I, think mm. it, I like that you brought the Jets up because the Jets is a comparison. They have one-star corner, one-star receiver, right? Garrett Wilson. That's a, I think Garrett Wilson <laughs> – Yeah, and they suck. No-star corner. Why do they suck? <laughs> They suck because their quarterback play has been bottom of the barrel. If they had Aaron Rodgers playing, everyone thought they'd go to the Super Bowl with the setup they had. That's what every, That was the chatter before the season. They weren't supposed to suck. They sucked because their quarterback play got you know destroyed because Rodgers and then you know Zach Wilson you couldn't play high school football at this point. Like that's why they sucked. Now, Garrett Wilson's, I think, more important for the Jets' success if they want to like go forward and win than Sauce Gardner is, even with Aaron Rodgers. But, but, but we have one. Like, that's what you guys are forgetting. You you guys are the Devontae guys on this I, show. I, I know we, we are. We got one okay, of these. Okay, but A.J. Brown is, like, one of the best offensive players in the league. I and know. he plays the most impactful position on the offense besides quarterback. That's a fact. I And then listen, if we had just A.J., I think Jack's premise would have been insane because then you'd have zero wide receivers. We got one it's already. It's insane anyway. You are a worse team with, with – A.J. Brown yeah, gone and Patrick uh, Sertain. Yeah, I'm not trying to find out what that looks like. Yeah. You guys watched this defense. Yes, I did. And A.J. and Devontae. What what is, did it get I the also Eagles? watched this defense at, at some point. They were pretty decent at the beginning of the year. They were not, Hugh. They were decent, Joe. They, I didn't say good. I said they, decent. He, they, they, were, they were fort holders. Yeah, but that was make-believe. <laughs> but, it, but it got us to 10 and, 10 and 1. Uh, and then what? Then the wheels fell uh, off. I know they Pat, did. Patrick Sertain only does so much for the defense. At the end of the Because somebody decided – that the defensive coordinator was the problem and not the players, and they made Coach Patricia the coach. And then we got way worse, and this offense still was sputtering. So Adding yeah, Patrick Sertain to the defense does less than taking away A.J. Brown from the offense. I totally disagree. I'm gonna get, you just brought up Sauce Gardner. <laughs> okay. No, I, I disagree. It doesn't make any sense. The Jets were 32nd in the NFL in 2021. They draft Sauce Gardner. They went to fourth in points allowed. 32nd to oh, fourth. Oh, they got a stout defense now. No, but I know. They can't, they but the biggest score. change they made was they drafted a superstar corner. I, I, I just don't understand in what world you think we have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with Patrick Sertain than, but than, you know than A.J. Brown. Because, you know what guys, part about that is? I, I think right now, I think they have about a 1% chance to win next year's Super Bowl with A.J., Devontae, Jalen all playing great again. If this defense doesn't get fixed, we just did this last summer. We had this whole fun thing on the show, the defense of luxury. The de- as much as we've made this as a radio station, as a city, as a fan base about Jalen and Sirianni and A.J. and, and Devontae, guys, the biggest reason the Eagles sucked is because their defense went into the tank. And one good corner is going to fix it. No, defense. no, but that's the start. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the, now we're but getting a, to my point. A.J. Brown is not a start. He's a finish. Patrick Sertan is a start to a fix. Finish to what? It, to the offense. The offense is rounded out with A.J. there. Yes, and it doesn't matter is my point. Unless they reallocate the, the team and how they are built, this is not going to matter. No, it we doesn't need, matter if the quarterback doesn't play be, as well. To the be quarterback a, a lot better than it was. 
But the bottom line is this. We need offense. This is an offensive league. And if you talk, you talk about the Jets, if they would have scored 21 points, 21 points in any of those games that they had where they were scoring six points right, they would have been in the playoffs. They'd have been in the playoffs. But that's so, my point. This is a no, no. You we need all. You need offense. You we need a quarterback. Have offense. We have. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I am not comfortable moving on because that's what you're talking about. Moving on from AJ and put my quarterback in a position where he needs to do more. So this is I'm not comfortable. This whole thing, and I'm I'm glad Jack brought this up a couple of days ago. So I think it's interesting. It, it, for me, it's not so much about AJ. It's also about Devontae, and it's about how they're building this team. Unless they fix the defense, we are deluding ourselves that they can they can go win anything. Patrick Sertan is not eight. One spot fix. Man, we need that's where six. you're missing but the Kyle, point. No, one guy. No player is, but that's just right. One, but, okay, that's, that's the nature of the defense, and that's the nature of the cornerback well, position. Well, hold on, no one said the offseason stops if that trade is made. Well, that, They'd but, have to but, add but, more players. But your premise is that you fix the defense by adding Patrick Sertan. It's piece, false. Like I think Joe's talking about. He's a piece. Oh, he's I, a I special. That's piece. not enough to give away freaking AJ Brown. He's mm, not a piece. He is. He is an offense. He's not an offense. Yes, he is. And what did it did get the Eagles down the stretch six of the straight season? Games into 125 yards of offense? That's an offense. But they had him down the stretch, and they didn't do anything. Oh, my God. That's so because they, Jalen Hurts regressed. Well, that well, and that's they, part couldn't, of it. they couldn't game plan it's a huge. That is the part of it. I That we agree with. 215-592-9494. They couldn't game plan him open either, man. That was, the, that was the most egregious thing. Like, the fact that you had a receiver that had six games where he went over 120-something-odd yards, and then all of a sudden he just became a, a figure on the back of a milk carton. That's, all, that's, prob- that's probably more quarterback and offensive woes than anything. Because I remember vividly when, when I was in the A, Coach uh, was it Kyle Shanahan said, I don't care who knows, I'm throwing the ball to Julio Jones. Mm. And he did everything in his power to, to get him open, to create offenses to get him open. It's the same thing here. We didn't do enough, in my opinion, to get A.J. Brown the ball and, and allow – see, because what happens is this. You get him the football, that opens it up for everybody else because he's, he's that guy that you're going to have to bracket. You're going to have to have somebody over the top. Right. And it takes pressure off everybody else. We didn't do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. And that maybe is that the, that's the quarter, that's a, to me a marriage between the quarterback and the offensive scheme that that hindered him for being that guy. I, I got no. I agree with that. It's down the stretch, the offense was a mess. Totally. My my point, and it's a big picture thing, and I'm sure we're gonna have more conversation about this on WIP for the next two months and then years. Yeah, it's going down. It's going down. Is at some point, I I believe the Eagles have put too much into the offense. I just believe no, that. No, you're talking about financially. I get that. Well, and just resources. They've used yeah. first-round picks. Now, last year they started to reallocate it. Last year they started in the first round with Carter and Smith. One of those guys we know what could, they could play right now. We don't know about the other one yet. Yes. Th- this I, they tried it this year, and it blew up in their face. Like, their offense wasn't bad this year. It, it, what, we've created this idea it was bad. No, it was, it was top ten. No, it's, it wasn't bad. What, but you're, what was you're bad? potentially talking about making it worse by moving on, in my opinion, from A.J. Again, okay, you're right. It's not just A.J., though. <laughs> the, what part of this team was bad? The, defense. the defensive side. You bad. Need, Until job. they fix that, it's not going to matter. But, but what's an easier fix? Like, the defense doesn't need a generational player to fix it, right? They were playing below what their potential was. Some of the best players on the defense weren't living up to what they should actually play. If you get a cornerback that's lesser than Patrick Sertain, you will be better on defense. Of course. If you take away A.J. Brown, you Dang. are going to suck on offense. Dang. I don't know about that, but maybe. All right, Jerry is up next. What's up, Jerry? Jerry? Jerry there, buddy. I mean, come on. Hey, Jerry. Jerry. 
What's up, fellas? Hey, Jerry. What's up today? I'm in the middle of Walmart, dude, down here in Maryland. So I'm down here in Weave territory. My buddy Weave, I was trying to look him up, but he ain't here. He's worked late. So I'm just getting ready to walk in and out of here with my products. But okay, so when you say Weave, that's groundhogs are associated with squirrels. Okay, groundhogs and squirrels. They come out on February second. I did, I did a little research, so here you're quite correct. They are rodents in the rodent family, but they do hibernate in the fall and come out on February 2nd. I don't know about the shadow thing, but I'm assuming we got no, we got early spring coming. Jerry, I, I hope so. I'm, I'm ready that for early spring. I'm, I'm ready for it. Get down to, we get down to Clearwater. We get ready for some baseball here, Jerry. I'm in. So you do find the weave down there? Nah, he he works nice. I'm gonna look him up later on, and uh, I'm gonna look him up at nighttime because he. I was gonna hope we have a he's double not, call. He's nocturnal. But, 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 yeah. but he's he, he's off. He left this morning, so that's my man. You know, I I love him. Uh, one so, of our favorites, the weave. Oh yeah, the, the weave the weave's a legend. You know what I mean? So, um, but these people think I'm crazy because I'm hollering like a wild man. But yeah, I I really don't care because you know I'm Jerry the Truckhorn guy. That's so, right. You know. There's only one of me in the United States. There's nobody else like me. There That's is. true. There's there's a lot of there, people try to replicate you, Jerry, but there's only one Jerry the Chuckhorn driver. Exactly. Just one. And and and, and on my Embiid point, I do give you a sports point every time. It may not be the greatest, but I'll give you one. And they just put a band. They should just put a couple band aids on Embiid, check him out, put him back out there. I think it's more the baby addicts that he does than anything else. Give me a. What do you guys think? And I'll see you out with a wah, wah, wah. Jerry, love you, buddy. Appreciate it. So Jerry, down in Maryland, looking for the weave. He thinks a little Band-Aid, bandage, wrap him up, get him back on the court. Yeah, we got to get we got to get him healthy first. Though. I'm not I'm not uh, okay with just putting a bandage on him and saying Joel will get back out there. I'm trying to get him as healthy as I possibly can, and then I will strategically play him throughout the course of the playoffs. That's that's my that's my. Uh, deal with that I, that's what i would like yeah i do think this time he is hurt for real uh you know people always wonder how bad is it i mean joel can be dramatic sometimes with his injuries i think he's hurt uh unfortunately he has a lot of injuries in his career it's just it's part of his his career it's part of his story i think he's really hurt and i hope this time he could get fully healthy because it just feels like we never get him fully healthy he's always kind of halfway back in all right Hugh, you got about an hour are you ready to denounce this guy well, regardly, you got an hour to put this guy in his place. So, this so I got to denounce him right now? Well, you have one hour by, to go. By the end of the show. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying. This is a big decision y'all trying to make. You seem reluctant. I'm not saying I'm being reluctant, but I'm just like, well, y'all what's putting pressure. What's the big decision? I'm just saying you put pressure on me. I, I, I don't it do well in easy. pressure situations. It seems easy. Disregard this fake Puxatani Phil ripoff from down in Georgia. I'm just saying, but you asking me to do stuff like, you know, <laughs> that I am. I need time to think about these things. It's not waffling. It's it's called I need I need to make these calculated decisions. Here's my calculated decision. Better. This other Puxatani Phil ripoff is Beauregard. a fraud. Beauregard. Somebody just told me Beauregard, the name Beauregard means I think beautiful place or something like that. I've what looked at this. He's a fraud. This groundhog. He's not beautiful. I mean, not even close. No, was I, I did see the name. It means beautiful gaze. A beautiful gaze. A Beauregard. Bo- oh, Bo- a Beauregard. A beautiful gaze. Yeah, looking beautiful out. gaze. Have you looked at this name. thing? You think that, there's nothing beautiful no, gazing about no, this I'm thing. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm gonna name my child. There can just be one Puxatani. There can Phil. only be one Rodentia. Well, there's lots of Rodentia. He's a rat. Tell well, there's only one important Rodentia. That's right, and the one that comes out on February second. It's only two. It's only two groundhogs that I fool with. 
and one and the second one is the one that gives away money. Oh, the one in the lottery? Yeah, better get scratching <laughs> that that cat. Gus. Oh, Gus. Yeah. Gus. Uh, Gus, think is, yeah, Gus fool, is kind of a fraud. I fool with Gus. I'm not. I didn't. You, know, on Gus. I, you didn't think about Gus. I huh? probably should have thought this would come up today. I wasn't wasn't considering <laughs> that we discussed Gus. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll come back. Your phone calls on Embiid, the Eagles, this coaching staff, and if you want to chime in, of course, on the AJ Brown debate that's raged on on WIP <laughs> all week long. It's all out there. Plus, is an old friend returning to the NFC East. I can't wait to talk about this one. That's the next Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and the new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. It is a Friday. They're not quite a football Friday. It's our first. This is our first uh, weekend since what? Before Labor Day without any football? Wait a minute. We got the Senior Bowl this weekend, right? I think it's this weekend. You're right. Well, you, you're talking about professionals. Yeah. We got the, the Pro Bowl uh, stuff. Did you watch any of that stuff last night? Not a one, one I saw minute. some videos of Jalen throwing the ball at the target and yeah, smiling. Yeah, he, like he was having fun. Yeah, well, good for him. Uh, the, the other thing I realized or just thought about when I saw the clips of Jalen playing in the Pro Bowl contest or whatever they're doing down there, he obviously hasn't had surgery yet, if nah. that is to come. Um, you know, we'll see. what I, You know, who he knows? He looked happy. He was smiling, which yeah, was, which was good happy. to see. I, I like that. I, are people upset that he's smiling? I don't know, man. You know, it's kind of weird. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure that there was somebody at home watching the Pro Bowl game. Somebody, why the hell is he smiling? He wasn't smiling and talking on the sideline. That's how, you know, that's how some people roll. So somebody was upset. They just mm. probably ain't, ain't voiced that opinion, but somebody was upset. I was happy he's smiling. Good. I mean, down the stretch of the season, I mean, there wasn't much to smile about around here. I did note that he was smiling. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting because he almost we spent this entire season, like, wondering if it was in him. We talked about the stoicism, robot. I mean, it's clearly in him. There is emotion to be had, to be pulled out. He is capable of going out there and enjoying himself while he plays football. We just didn't give him any reasons to this no, year. And, and he didn't give himself much reason to, to, to be fair to him down the stretch of the season. He wasn't exactly playing his best football. So we had that. But, yes, you're right. There's a Pro Bowl stuff. There's a Senior Bowl. Next weekend, of course, the Super Bowl. A lot to discuss here. But speaking of the NFC East, because we talked about how this coaching staff is now, you know, now that it's settled, do we feel better about it? And I do with, with more and Fangio here. This story, I saw it, and I was like, I need this to happen. I just need it to happen. So, Hugh, Dan Quinn took that job. He is the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. And did you see who one of his candidates is to become his offensive coordinator? And we know Dan Quinn, when he has a good offensive coordinator, as we saw with Kyle Shanahan, Dan Quinn can win a lot of football games. He got to a Super Bowl. Did you see who this name was? Yes, I did. Our old buddy, Chip Kelly, interviewing you know a candidate to interview for the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator job. I need this to happen. That would be fun. You know what's funny? Like, there's not a whole lot of uh, coaches that come from the college ranks and, and have a lot of success. I think Chip was one of them, though. He was pretty decent. 
Mm. When he when he came, I mean, from initially he was pretty. Oh decent. Yeah, yeah, they won ten games. Yeah, yeah, yeah initially. So I, I would like to see that. And he, I think the story that I read was he wanted another bite at the apple of playing, being in a, in the sports. Sure. Did not know he had one other stint as as a head coach for like a year. Oh, the 49ers. He yeah. was a he was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one more stint. Oh, then he just you know he went by the wayside. But he want to get another crack at the apple. Yeah, that'd be fun. It, I mean, it'd just be fun to play them twice a year. It'd be fun to have, like imagine Eagles games against Chip Kelly with the way that it ended here. It'd be awesome. As far as how he would do, I do think he's probably better suited to be a coordinator. He's not exactly. I mean, we saw what happened here. He wasn't a people person. He's, he's just kind of an odd guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's he's coordinated and ran a lot of good offenses in the last fifteen years across the sport. Right, UCLA, mm-hmm. somewhat Oregon, obviously. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could see a world where he has some success again as a coordinator in the league. I could also see, like, the, the problems he had last time. He doesn't adjust, and he just gets run back out to college football. I am willing to take the chance that he's decent and just say for the fun of it. Um, and Kyle, what do you think? You want Chip back in the division? I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. like it'll just be fun, the storylines. Every time we go to play Washington, it's the yeah, Eagles' it defense versus Chip Kelly's offense. <laughs> yeah, and it does scream dysfunction, which has been a constant yes. for the Com- Commodores. It's true. It's very so I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Is he going to do that weird, like, tongue thing that he does? It is odd. Chip. If you search, like, a gif of Chip Kelly, you see that. Yeah, yeah. he's got these, like, licking his upper he's lip. He's just Chip, a bizarre Chip is a guy. fiercely private person. That's the one thing I do remember about him, and that's what people said about him. Like, he he, he plays, you know, his friends, they don't really, he don't really talk a whole lot about his personal life. He's just some guy that plays it real close to the best. I believe it was when he was here. You know, we found out he had a secret wife. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, not that we – I mean, typically, I don't know. Maybe I just don't pay attention. I don't <laughs> it's know. It's just funny when you say it like that, secret wife. Well, I, look, I, if like, you ask me – if you ask me, like, there was a 30 people out there, 30 women out there, and you said one of those people is the wife of a, a coach in our city. I probably wouldn't know who it is. I don't pay enough attention. Like, But mm-hmm. you know they're married, right? They, like, they drop hints. They say, my wife, my kids. It's kind of normal. Yeah, and most wives don't play that don't, I don't, don't nobody know who I am game. Like well, they, they need to be recognized. Yeah, it speaks to the Chip Kelly thing. He was always a little bit different. Uh, I think it'd be so much fun if he got to play the Eagles twice a year. So he's got an interview with the Commanders. And, and that rumor's been out there before Quinn took the job because when Quinn was involved in the Seattle Seahawks search, I saw that, that he could bring Chip Kelly with him. It feels like he's going to bring Chip Kelly with him. We might get that. All right, 215-592-9494. Terrence in Springfield's up. What's up, Terrence? Terrence. Hugh, Joe, Kyle, what's up, man? What's going hey, on? Hey, Terrence. Hey, Joe, you my dog, man. But one thing I, I got to disagree with you on, man, the A.J. Brown thing, man. I feel like Patrick Chetain, he don't really give us no no boost. And I feel like our offense, if we got Chetain and let A.J. go, I feel like we'll have the same offense we had that year when we lost to Brady. It feels pedestrian. Pedestrian. So here's what – I think this is where – before you go on, I think this is where we, we all just differ on this. I think it would be easier to find another good receiver – to put next to Devontae than to find a star corner. I, I just I, I think they're harder oh, to no, find. The way, the, way AJ dominated, the way AJ dominated the league last year, I just don't know. Yeah, he I don't Debo, know. For real. He was Debo he was, Debo. He was doing his thing. And I feel like I like our veteran coordinators that we got, but I feel like the players and Sirianni have to finish the job this year. Because I feel like if they don't, then I'll be I'll be open to a trade to trade AJ Brown. This year, I feel like this, this, everybody's in their prime. If we look bad this year, then I'll be open to trading, you know, A.J. Brown. But right now, if Sherry I don't get that message to the locker room, 
and I, I got a quick thing on, on B too, but if Seriani don't get that message to the locker room next year, mm-hmm. we got to get you some trades and do some, you know what I mean? We got to do some mixed matching, do whatever you got to do to get this team back to where it needs to be or let Seriani go, whatever we have to do. So I think, yeah, Terrence, I think this is it's, it's one of those years. This is a make-or-break year for the you whole gotta, thing. You gotta, yeah, this is the year, uh, Joe. Totally, totally. So, uh, Terrence, what are you thinking on Joel? Joel and B, uh, I kind of feel like you, Joe, with, with foot off his porch right now when you be saying, no! <laughs> I feel like you right now. Why? Well, I'm yeah, I'm sick of this right now. Like, every year, Joel and B getting hurt every year. Like, right now, I would scrap it because – he, if he comes back, you know he's not going to be 100% the rest of the way. You know he's not. And he's going to be on one leg like he was that one year, and they fell short again. So you either got to scrap it or get another star. And I'm on the verge of scrapping it because the time that we got, if you get a star play over here, you're going to have to give away half of our roster. And it's just not going to add up. You, you see what's going on with Doc Rivers over there in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. This guy, these guys are still losing. I know they're 0-2 like, in his first two games. Doc walks into the best situation you're joke. ever going to take over midseason, and yeah, he can't win. Not, <laughs> I love it. But John B, man, I'm still, I don't know. I don't know if Adam Silver got a voodoo doll. Somebody's poking this guy's uh, John B's doll. He's getting hurt every year. But uh, at some point, we got to get some kind of plan and get this guy, get this guy upright throughout the whole season. And there has, that's the thing, Terrence. There has to be a cohesive plan. Terrence, good phone call. That, that's part of the problem with the MB thing is I, there never feels like there's a plan. It just feels like he wakes up on a day, like let's say, I don't know, was it Tuesday night? In, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to play this night. Yeah, I think that at this point in your career, you have to figure out what it is that's important. And, and the, the team has to also sit down with you and help you figure that out. But I think at this point, with your injury history, you have to be smart about this. Because you're still in the prime of, of your career, but you're oft injured. And that's, that's not a good place to be. I've always said your biggest asset is your availability. And right now you're not available. But I'm willing to scrap, what, 15 games, 17 games, something like that, whatever I need to do in order to get you ready in the playoffs. And I think this is, this is the step in that direction right now. I think this is a blessing in disguise. If you know, No jokes about it. I think this is a blessing in disguise give him two months off, and getting ready for the playoffs. I do wonder how many games he would need to ramp back up. Time is going to play a role into this. All of it, So yes. we know when the playoffs start, mid-April. We know it's early February right now. I do wonder what the, the, the date is where he's got to get back to have a chance to look like himself in the playoffs. He's not like most athletes. I mean, some guys could take off. And they come back, and you even forgot they were hurt, or you forgot they were out. There's, they don't have rust. They, they have their energy, or it takes them, you know, a game or two mm-hmm. to, to have their stamina. We know with Joel, it, it doesn't. It takes change him the training regimen. I don't a know bit. if it matters. I mean, Hugh, I, I, I don't disagree with you. He probably does, but every time he's come back from injury, that that you know takes him out a while. It takes him a long time to get back into shape. Yeah, and I think that. With that being said, Joe, you have to approach it differently because you know that when you come back, you're going to be getting ready. You're ramping up for the playoffs. So I would think that when they talk about this plan, all of that has to be implemented. Your nutritionist, the way that you're going to handle this moving forward, uh, if there's no surgery involved, how you're going to get your cardio in every day to help maintain a certain level See of, that, but that's, of, of, of uh, fitness. That's the hard part with a knee issue, right? If this was a broken arm, cardio is yeah, easy. But, but – 
the knee. You could, you could, you could. There are different ways you could get in the. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but when the, the water, you get in the water, oh, the so treadmill in the uh, water to take the pressure off. Yeah, of I your remember legs. watching the. Um, and then the, they have a bubble thing too. The quarterback show last summer. Cousins was in the pool a lot, yeah. like running and almost running in the pool because it's the, it's no pressure on your knees kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's all be wonderful. I mean that that's great. It, but you, it, it all depends on how how serious you are about maintaining your level of cardio yeah. of physical uh, ability as well. I mean, it's tough. Like, being hurt and not being able to run is, is tough, especially when you're a guy who, who has issues with your weight. Trust me, I know. And, but you have to do a better job of, of watching what you eat and just being prepared. I mean, it could be done. It, you have to probably be strict, but it could be done. It could be. And, that, look, if, if it comes back and he's back for the playoffs, everyone will hope and cross their fingers he could be his best the playoffs. I, I'm at the point now where I'm beat, where I want to shut him down get him fully healthy, and if it means you don't see him, you don't see him until next year, I'm okay with that. I, I, I think it would be better for the long term with the franchise. Frank, is it so? Hey, Frank. Hey, guys. Joe, What's up, Frank? Joe, what are you thinking? What are you, You're acting like this is like he's the third year in his career. I mean, he missed two, his first two seasons to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, and we have Nick Nurse. I mean, doesn't he teach him to stop diving after balls at center court? Like, like, like I don't understand this. Like, He's never gonna. He's never going to have the mindset to control himself and limit himself. He's not. I don't care who the coach is. He's, you're, what's going to happen next year? He's going to come back pretty healthy, right? He's going to get probably get hurt again, right? And he probably will get hurt again, right? Probably, like yeah, this. probably. So, so what's your point? I mean, I'm with you. I mean, look, look. I, he's a very unique player. He's a unique, very unique. He's great, but. Aside of the fact that even when he is kind of a little healthy or he does play in playoff games, he only averages like nine points a game less. He's got the biggest despair of, of, of differential, point differential, from regular season to playoffs out of any superstar I can think of. And no, if, Frank, it's ever. I mean, you're right. Last year it was ever. There's never been an MVP in the postseason, you know, the, the guy that won from the regular season that averaged a bigger drop. You're, you're right. So, exactly. Frank, I, you're well, right. You're right at everything. Career. I get my point is – We've tried this for years. We've tried the he's banged up. Let's manage it. Let's put a brace on. Let's see. We'll, we'll get 80% out of him. This doesn't work. I, I've just resigned myself that I don't think they're going to win a title this year, no matter what happens. So I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying yeah. to make next year the best possible shot because they do have cap room. They could get another player in here. Right. And that, that way that may, maybe, maybe next year they, they could do it in a smarter way. Maybe. Right. But is he going to ever stop diving for balls? And stuff? I mean, is he going to be healthy himself? Say you get another say Jimmy Butler will come back or whatever. Is he going to be is he going to be healthy in the playoffs next year? Probably I mean, that's not. My point. Yeah, no, and that's and, my point. and I don't disagree, Frank. It's it's not like there's no good answer. And Frank, we preached the phone call. There's no e- if there was an easy thing, they would have done they would this. Right? Do that. And that's why I would rather take that chance this year. If I can get him healthy enough this year with the time that's allotted to me, I would take that chance. Because like you like you said, I don't know what's going to happen next year with Joel Embiid. As far as him being healthy enough to play, some some other freak accident could happen to him, and, and we not be in this situation. I feel like you should take advantage of the situation that's presented to you. And if it gives me, if this two months gives me time to keep him in shape, number one, and get him ready for the run, the playoff run, I'll, I'll take it like that. So here's where I'm at, and I understand your point, and you don't want to just waste this year. Don't want to waste. It. But I think there's a real chance they're better next season. They have a, a max cap spot. Pascal Siakam could be here next year which helps them navigate 50 games or 30 games Joel's going to sit out as mm-hmm. we rest him. 
if I thought this team could win a championship, I'd be in a different position today. I'd feel, you know what? Get them healthy and get them back out there. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I don't know if that's this team. In fact, I don't think it is. Silvio's in Miami. Silvio. Silvio. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good afternoon. What's up, buddy? What do you think of this coaching staff? Hey, hey, listen. So I think that the Vic Vangio signing could actually be a blessing in disguise because we've been saying for years that Howie and Leary have undervalued the linebacker position. Mm -hmm. And looking up Vangio's defensive scheme and what he thrives on, linebacking play is really important to him. So I think this is going to force him to kind of reevaluate, like, you know, how do we draft linebackers going forward? Because let's be honest, for the last few years, we've had pretty terrible linebacking play or at least subpar linebacking play. Yes, hasn't been good. So, so I kind of look forward to seeing what St. Gio does and seeing, if you know, Leary and how we really do give him the free reign to kind of develop the defense the way that he wants to see it fit. Yeah, Sylvia, you, you mentioned those linebackers. The day they hired him, we, we kind of went through all the, the ones he's coached over the years. It's amazing how many star linebackers he's coached. Every stop, there's someone. Sam Mills and Cornelius Bennett and Jamie Sharper and Patrick Willis and Roquan Smith. Everywhere he goes, Silvio, they, he gets good linebacker play. Yeah, so this is hopefully this will push uh, Howard and Lurie, you know, to go out and get a Trot Jr. coming into Philly. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, the, the one. that's the hope. You know, he's been mock draft all over the place, though. He, they got him in the first round, second round. I don't know if they're willing to change their philosophy that much that they'll take him in the first round, but hopefully they'll take him. Yeah, because, I mean, I think we, we're still pretty good with uh, with defensive line depth. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can finally revitalize this linebacking core and hopefully they can go out there and get a star safety to really solidify this defense because, man – I'm 34 years old, and I grew up watching the Jim Johnson era, and to see what the defense has become, you know, has been pretty, pretty disheartening. Yeah, it's been well. Let, Silvio, last year wasn't just disheartening; it was ridiculously bad. It was, it was that bad. Silvio, appreciate the phone call. So you, you brought up the uh, the trot thing. So I guess you saw a mock where he was the 22nd pick to the Eagles. Yes, I did. It was, it was funny because it came across my timeline. I guess you know I had been, we had been talking about it or heard me or whatever. The algorithm. That algorithm, and I, and I saw you. it, and I and I sent it to Trot, and you know he looked at it. But that's pretty cool, man, to know that that your son is gonna probably go higher in the draft than you did, and he's a pretty darn good player, so really he, good player. Here's one thing I I do trust Howie with a lot. He he knows, and he's got a good sense of where you should pick a player you want. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna take Trot at 22, Mm-mm. but they could. Remember the Nicobe Dean thing a couple years ago, Kyle? Everyone was screaming after the first round, get Nicobe Dean with the second round pick. Howie, and, you know, I don't know how he does this. He's intel or just kind of reading the room correctly. He's got a very good read of what other teams are going to do. I thought Sam Hinkie had a great – that was one thing he did super well when he was in charge of the Sixers for a brief time. So, I'm not going to get upset if they don't take Trot at number 22. They might be able to get him in the second round. Just get him. (laughs) Look. You gotta start having the same conversation with Nakobe. Is why do they drop to the second round? Well, that's part of it. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's fair. Right? If he was that great, maybe we he'd are go. finding out why Nakobe is the third round pick. Yeah, well, we are finding out. He can't stay on the field. Remember that, was, that stuff about Nakobe? It was like he had all those injuries and the worry about his. I think it was his pec coming out of college, which I don't think has been an issue here, but everything else. Everything else has been an issue. It's it's tough, man. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but. Again, your biggest asset is your availability, and if you're not going to be available, it's kind of hard to count on you to see what you can do because you're, you're not out there on the field. So, yeah, it's tough. Well, I think that's why we're at the point with Nicobe. I mean, I know, I know Howie mentioned him at the po- a press conference in the yeah. season. They can't count on Nicobe. Not- you, have to, you have to hedge your bets a little bit. Totally. I mean, I it- you, to, If you're being smart about it, you have to. 
Yeah, like if Howie came out tomorrow and said N'Kobe Dean right now, no doubt about it, is one of our starting two linebackers to start next season, I would then say. you wouldn't trust Howie as much as you used to. It's a mistake. He's looking at him like he's good and crazy. Too, too many eggs in a basket that is just, it's not worked out. Let's talk to Cam in Jersey. What's up, Cam? Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Gotcha, Cam. What are you thinking today? Uh, so, first time caller, and uh, thank you for having me on. But, Joe, I have a serious issue with your take with uh, Mr. Patrick Sertain, sir. Um, first of all, I think you're on drugs and you're insane. Uh, and I think you need help. Um, Tell me why. That was, that was oh, not personal way, you, at all. <laughs> yes. By, you, by the way, it is an honor and a pleasure, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> first of all, so I'm going to whip out some stats for you guys real quick. I know I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to try to get as much out as I can. All right. So your take, I just want to make sure I get this right, Joe. Your take is basically you would trade. Mr. A.J. Brown, the best offensive weapon and the second-ranked wide receiver in the NFL over the 25th-ranked cornerback in 2023, Patrick Sertain. So once, before, you, before, you, before you make all your points, um, my, my big take is I think at some point soon the Eagles have to move away from all this offense and start putting the resources on defense. Jack brought up the idea two days ago. I think I'm with him. I would make that trade if it was actually presented. Yes. Okay. And one more, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more quick one. Before, and then you, you got the floor. Those rankings are someone else's opinion. Those are That's not – they're not – that Cam, PFF has people that watch the games and, and rank players. It's an opinion. It's all it is. I, I think people get lost sometimes what PFF is. They hire people. Those people watch the games. They grade the players based on their subjectivity, and then they give them a grade. So all you are giving me is someone else's opinion. In my opinion, okay. in my opinion, A.J. Brown is a top five wide receiver. There's a lot of good ones, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, but he's top five. And I think Sertain is a top five corner. So that's where I come from on it. Okay. So, and I share an opinion with people at PFF. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with that. So here's, here's part of my opinion. Um, according to PFF, uh, we already have a cornerback that is just as good, technically, not really, but technically uh, as good, potentially, as Patrick Sertain. Do you know, I know who that is? That's Bradley Roby. He's ranked 13th in the NFL as a cornerback. Um, Joe, Joe, Joe just he, ranked 25th. I, I, I understand there are some discrepancies. Let me tell you what just happened. Joe, Joe just threw his headphones off. I'm good. I'm back. Okay. I, need, I, need, I need a moment. I'm, going. I'm not done. I'm I know. Done. I got you. You're no, on. You're good. No, Patrick Sertain's 2023 stats. He had one interception, ranked 42nd in the NFL. He had 89 targets, ranked for 12. He allowed 80, an average of 86 yards per game, tied for 15th in the NFL. The Denver Broncos have allowed the most points by any team last year with 181, and that includes in the red zone. Uh, among cornerbacks in 2023, again, he's ranked 25th. I'll compare that to A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had 106 receptions, 1,456 yards, averaging 13.7 yards to carry, seven touchdowns, and if you're going to rank him, he is second and not only not only second in the in wide receivers, he's top five in offensive weapons in general. So you're going to tell me, and oh, and by the way, Patrick Tain is only two years younger than AJ Brown. So you're going to tell me you're going to trade Patrick Tain, who, by the way, isn't even in the top ten last year in cornerbacks, and include and and yes, you can technically call him a shutdown corner, but if he's a shutdown corner, he wouldn't have 89 receptions, almost top 15 in the NFL. So you're telling me AJ Brown and the offense that he provides to Jalen Hurts mm. is going to be a is mm. not a better option than having Patrick Sertain on our defense. By the way, mm. who already has issues all over the place, mm. not just 
the cornerback position. I agree with I, you that the I, Cam. I, I just I, I got I, 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 that's a lot. You got a lot there. Good, good numbers. Bad, I just yeah. need I need to go back to one thing. Did you tell me that Bradley Roby is a higher ranked corner than Pat Sertain? In terms he of said in ter- he said yeah. on, on paper. On, he did what, say on paper. What paper? On paper. He what, said what, in, okay. in pro what, football what paper. We're in the offseason now. All we got is paper. No, no, no. Cam, <laughs> Cam, I, Cam, and I love you, man. I have eyes. Four of them. <laughs> Hold on. Bradley, this is the same Bra- This is the same Bradley Roby that was sitting at home until October? The same Bradley Roby that couldn't cover anyone during the season? He's cooked. What are we talking about? I'm like, you want I, – I entertain the idea. But if we're going off of a ranking that tells me Bradley Roby, who literally you could shake a tree outside on Market Street, you could find three Bradley Robies. He's a journeyman corner. He's in his 30s. Did you watch the tackle attempt he had against the Giants in Week 18? The guy's cooked, everybody. If your stats are telling me Bradley Roby is a higher-ranked player than Pat Sertain, then we, we can't use these stats. They're not statistics. They are ridiculous. It was a sound argument, though, Cam, but yeah. No, it wasn't. It was ruined <laughs> by said, the he said Bradley the Roby. The Bradley Roby is finished. <laughs> I, I, what am I supposed to do with I that? I was with you, Cam. I was with you. Joe ain't, Joe ain't got no respect. Personally, I'm taking the more simple approach and just using my eyeballs and my brain. Well, that's what I try to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, here, here, well, here's, yours, yours isn't working yeah, quite. Here's where I'm at. I just – this used to be Philadelphia. That, that's what this place used to be, where defense mattered. And now I sit next to Mr. Offense and Mr. Used to be Defense. Over here. <laughs> used to live in a society. Used to be. It's a luxury, not a necessity. No, as, as I watch two teams in the top five, points per game allowed in the Super Bowl. Luxury, not a necessity. We couldn't stop Baker Mayfield in a playoff game. The level of disappointment that you're displaying to me and your voice is like, I, I, I can feel that. I, I, I thought feel I knew who you were. <laughs> I thought I knew. I can feel it. I can feel it. I, I, you know what? If I'm I, just saying, If man, I have to be Mr. Defense to get I, it. Yeah. I am okay with this offense. We just need a little bit of defense. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. That's why I'm so willing to go with these young cats. You told me that we've last seen, year. We've seen. At least I've consisted on that. I know. <laughs> you are. We've seen with this defense. We've seen young players come in and what time playing does. On the job training, I like to call it. So, I'm willing to do that with this team. It's not going to be pretty. The days of uh, of Seth joining and Reggie White being out there, man. I'm, uh, hey, listen. Them days is gone, man. We're yeah. offensive unit. The fact that we went out and got Coach Goober to to open up this offense even more doesn't that tell you everything that you need to know? You guys are we went driving me nuts. We went old school on defense because you know what Big Fangio is. Let me tell you what Big Fangio is. old. He's a old, <laughs> okay. He's an old school He's a good guy. Coach. He's a really good that's coach. a really good coach that can go out and fix your team. With minimal minimal guys, that's what he is. Hopefully, Coach Goober is the guy that's gonna be. They're gonna give him all the assets. Kyle, to him. get on ordering Hugh that jersey, Keely Ringo. We got to get the jersey. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. We'll come back as many calls as we could get to. Few lines open. Would you punt the Sixers season to get Embiid fully healthy? Your reaction to the Joel news, and we do have a doctor joining us. Doctor Bob joins the show next segment to explain what's going on with Joel. Plus, we're officially kissing the baby on one Eagles free agent. That's next. Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. People are saying I look great, and that's thanks to HydroxyCut Hardcore. Hardcore results thanks to that potent formula that works, delivering maximum energy so I can kill my workouts every morning. HydroxyCut Hardcore is available as a pill, drink mix, or gummies that feature a scientifically researched weight loss program designed for results. With a good diet and a routine workout, this is the boost you need for your everyday workouts. 
Find Hydroxycut Hardcore at your local Walmart, walmart.com, or visit hydroxycut.com. It's not a question. What's the difference between Philly and Detroit? Uh, Detroit, the, I was speaking on Detroit first. Detroit doing their thing right now. Um, I can kind of tell when they left that they was going to have success. They got the right people in the building, the right coaches. But um, Philly was a little bit different. Um, first and foremost, the food was better than the facility. Yeah. Food was better. Uh, culture was a little bit different. Um, but it was good, though. It was good. It was different, but it was it was... It was good in the same same sense. All the yeah. people there from top to bottom, um, equipment people, everybody in the building. Um, the way they treat you, man, it, it was it was it was great. It was great being there this year. Food is good, Captain. That's what I've heard. The voice there, of course, of DeAndre Swift on Micah Parsons' uh, podcast. I'm in the difference between Philadelphia and Detroit. Very complimentary of the coaching in Detroit. And here he said it was different. They didn't say. I mean, I think he meant not, meant good things, but just. I always think of Hugh when he says different. I don't give a shit. Yeah, when you when I say different, it's like, yeah, they, that's a nice way of saying ain't, something ain't right with y'all. <laughs> they, they're different. <laughs> but um, I, I think we have to make a, a ruling here. Are we out on re-signing DeAndre Swift because he went on Micah Parsons' podcast? I mean, I think that's nah. it's something we have to discuss. No, nah, because like, those kids, they're all cool, man. They probably I think they're all in the same class. Mm. So there's that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, these kids are different. Yeah, I'm out. Where you at, Kyle? That's it for him. Yeah. No, he kissed the baby, fraternizing with the enemy. The Cowboys I podcast? Yeah, I mean, not so only minute, that. We, we take Coach Goober, but we mad at we mad at Swift for going on the podcast? Well, well yeah. Coach Goober didn't go on any podcast. Right. No. Like Coach Just, Goober's not going on the Cowboys podcast. Can you imagine some of the mean and hurtful things he was saying about us when no. we came to look at that! Look at that dude's face. He think he's saying any mean and hurtful things? Yes, it's probably, Come on. probably like, holy Duke and noodles, those freaking, <laughs> freaking Eagles. G. Willikers. Holy shnikes. He's a yeah, I see Schnikes yeah. and G. Willikers. <laughs> yeah, I could all the other words. Gosh, a lot of gosh to, I could see too. I had to dump those because I couldn't clean it up quick enough. It's like you ever hear the, the um <laughs> what's his name? Remember Philip Rivers trash talk? Ever hear him like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. By golly and all that nonsense. So it's like Carson Wentz. By gosh, by gum. Yes. Yeah. It is. So Dawkins I am too. Not, Dawkins is somewhere. Nah, I'd heard Doc cuss before. Oh. Really? Like it was That's br- that's breaking you know, news. You know dude. what's funny? I didn't turn around because I didn't believe it was him, but it, okay. Let me put it like this: It sounded like him. Mm. I didn't. I didn't see the words actually come out of his mouth. But you heard the words. But I heard it, and it it was terrifying because he was mad. Now you know, dog. If dog cussing, dog mad. Of course, I imagine. And, yeah. And so when he when I heard it, because I forgot which game we were playing, but it was during the game, and he was hot, and everybody just kind of looked forward because it was like if dog cussing did we. Wow. We in, a, we in a dog fight for real. All right, breaking news from WIP <laughs> presented by BeckQL. <laughs> Smarter bet starter BeckQL. Download the BeckQL app or visit BeckQL.com today. According to Hugh, Doc may have cussed once. Yeah, he may have cussed. He may have. Yeah, so I'm not only out on signing Swift because he went on uh, Parsons' podcast. I just – I'm not in the business of re-signing running backs. I, I don't think it's, it's going to happen. You could just say they just fall – like they say, it could just fall off trees. Well, yeah, I mean, I like mean, – to that sentiment, you're about right. Look what happened to Miles Sanders. Balls get sweaty. Miles left here, and he, I mean, there were some games that guy couldn't get a yard. I'm serious. Like, yeah. one or two yards for the game. He really he had a tough – I mean, that team he was on was also really bad. But I'm with all the things this team needs, Swift is going to be down on the list for me to uh, to potentially come back. I know it's a, it's a nice story. It's cool he got to come home and have a good year and, and be a pro bowler in his hometown. But I, I doubt. He should have thought of that before he went on – 
Michael Parsons podcast. <laughs> so that pushed it over the edge. It's over. Um, yeah. yeah. Kidding me? Sometimes we got to take hardline stances here when it comes to Cowboys. I, stuff. I saw Slay being all body body with Jake Ferguson the Pro Bowl skills challenges oh, last night. I didn't no. like that either. Yeah, that, yeah that's. I, I mean, can't. I can't have these things. What happened to my city? Well, that's what I asked about twenty you know, ten minutes ago when you guys just hate you hate defense. It's just like I didn't, it's, I didn't oh no, that. you hate defense. You hate it. No, I'm just I'm just resigned to the fact that nobody else cares about it as much as they used to. But you know who does care about it? the Chiefs and the 49ers well, grew, and the Ravens. Grew. He he they grew into that though. They did grow well, into yeah, that. Yeah, so we can evolve. We I think we need to go back to when defense mattered in Philadelphia. The, the defense that WIP was built on, not in all this wide receiver I, stuff. I'm not saying that defense is not important at all like there's no need for it whatsoever i just think there is like when you're tipping the scales mm. offense goes way heavier way more impactful than defense does. i do agree with that i think we've, we've tipped the scales so far the scale is broke and this is the defense that we got here all right our twitter question today sponsored by the pi dental center your smile is the first thing others see when they meet you learn about and schedule your evaluation at pi dental center dot com are you okay with the sixers punting on the season to get Embiid 100 percent healthy 57% no, but 43% yes, they'd be okay with that idea. And clock is ticking here. Should Hugh denounce General Beauregard Lee as a fraud? He's a fraud. 75% on this one. Th- they're, they're all on yes. I mean, 75% need you to do this, Hugh, before the end of the show. We're a punks at Tony Phil Town. <laughs> I got you. Yes. Man. I, I got time. I still got a little bit of time. So you're still still mulling it over. I'm just saying, I got a little bit of time. I got a little bit of time. Well, That's you got to put this. this you're really dragging into... this decision out. I'm just saying, I got time. It seems time. easy. That's my perspective is just denounce this guy and say he's a fraud and a fake and not a not close to Puxitani Phil. That's where I'm at. Pat's in bed sailing. What's up, Pat? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Pat. Man, lots going on. Lots going on. Okay, Sirianni then Embiid. So as far as Sirianni goes, I definitely think he deserves a second chance. Um, you look at what he, what he did the first two years. He did very well. And Hugh said it earlier. This year, this defense was an absolute mess. You had no talent in. Yeah, they got to ten and one. A lot of that was smoke and mirrors and holding it together with with older players that fell off, and then younger guys that that, that had their hit their wall as well. So, um, really, don't think you can put that all on Sirianni. And, and just just way this way, you can't give them all the credit for them winning. You can't give all the blame when they're losing. So, yeah, definitely think he deserves a second chance. Yeah, Pat. I, I of all the things on Sirianni, all the criticisms I've had, the defense is the one where I, I I'm the most or the, me, the least frustrated because that's not his side and yep. they didn't have the players. It it's more of like the approach, the fact that some guys said they weren't given full effort at times, the offense, like that's the stuff I worry about. But yeah, I, I, there's probably not much he could have done when the defense went that bad. Yeah, and really look at it. They were ten and one, but but that was a a smoke and mirrors 10 and one so many games they could have easily lost that they, they found to get a way to win. So they really weren't that good anyway. But so anyway, going to Embiid, um, the big picture with Embiid is this, the Sixers aren't going to win just because of their just bad drafting over the years. Like they've stuck themselves into a corner with all these bums they've drafted over the years. Now. Yeah. Maxi was a big hit and obviously Embiid other than that, I think that's the biggest reason why they, they haven't succeeded. And, yeah, I, I agree. Let's shut them down for a few months. And if this season's a wash, then hopefully you can get a big name next year. And I think that's the only way that, that this thing works big picture. Because if it's if you force it or you go for it, the trade deadline and it doesn't work, it, beca- it becomes a thing. It's like, is this ever going to work? Pat, we appreciate the phone call. You know, the, the idea of, of what they do by next week, Hugh, I think they'll make a trade. I think Maury will try to do something. I'm yeah. curious how how much he tries, right? Like, 
it, is he willing to give up something significant, or is it just like just See, a that, little help? That's going to be the thing, like something that that like a significant player to help come in and help this team get over the hump. That that's what we have to see. And I think with this MRI, whatever happens with this, that's gonna that's gonna further uh, like make the decision a lot harder, a lot easier for them. I wonder if the Sixers are trying to slow play the info because it it does hurt Daryl Morey's leverage. You know what I mean? Like if everyone in the league knows he's out for the season or it's not a big deal, it changes it, right? Like if Morey's after a player and everyone knows Embiid is okay, then they probably know the Sixers are going for it. So so Morey needs that kind of player more. If, you know, I, I think it helps Morey a little bit here if to he kind of throw, slow play it a little bit. Yeah, yeah if, that makes sense. if the league doesn't really know what the Embiid situation truly is, you know, if yeah, everyone yeah. knows the facts, it's, it, it kind of hurts his leverage a little bit. Everyone knows like he needs this or he's going to punt or you know whatever the, the situation is. So I always think that GMs try to hide information as uh, as best as possible to get themselves to where they need. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's how you hop in. We promised everyone we would get to our resident midday show doctor, Doctor Bob. He's going to join us right now to give us uh, the latest on what he knows, what he thinks about the status of Joel Embiid. Doctor Bob, good afternoon. How you doing today, Doctor Bob? Uh, very good. to see you guys. Uh, Doctor Bob McLaughlin, a non-practicing clinical psychologist. We do some surgery, vinyl upholstery. How you guys doing today? Thank you. What's going on, Doc? I haven't heard from you in a while. It's been a while, Doc. So, so you got anything for us on MB? We're wondering what the heck's going on here. Let's say lateral meniscus of the left knee, same meniscus he hurt in uh, 2018, got surgery to repair the left knee, and then hurt it again in uh, 2021 uh, in the right knee. So he, I don't know which he favors, the left meniscus or the right meniscus. That's his personal business. <laughs> Up to you to decide. Uh, I said, uh, I what I take away from, we just read that you got a new meniscus for Christmas. Now it's torn again. You keep breaking it, not going to buy a new one. Yeah, I'm not, not sure if that's going to help us figure out. But what about, how do we fix this one, Dr. Bob? Well, it, it's, it's short. It's a fancy word for a cartridge tear. So you tear your cartridge, and now you got no ink. You can't print. You can't print. You can't read his own stats. Joe loves to read his own stats. So that's the part that's going to hurt him the most, cartridge. So, so, Doc, what is the treatment moving forward as far as are we going to have to have surgery or is this something that we can have a couple weeks that he can heal from? Well, they say two, uh, he's going to miss a weekend. I say he's going to miss a whole lot more than a weekend. Uh, you, say, you take a look at the calendar, and it's up to you to decide. Uh, one solution would be the cartridge. Uh, uh, you can transplant it with a new meniscus from a cadaver. See, then I say, I'm a cadaver. Everything okay. <laughs> So it's like a magic trick. That's all. Is this a long-term so fix or is this just for a short-term? Because we got to get him fixed up here. One. I appreciate uh, you uh, checking in because he's, it's shredding season, isn't it? He's, yes, he's it is. Shredding. Shredding. <laughs> well, it's about to be thirst trapping in, in clear water season, Doc. You know, shredding season is almost good over. Because, I mean, I see you in the hallway out there. And people tell me they can hear you coming down. Boom, boom. Here comes you. <laughs> boom, boom. I'm not, I'm not saying you got to lose weight, but it lasts. At last uh, publicity shot for WRP, he, he was taking – he had an apple in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any other you, solutions here, Dr. Bob? What do we uh, we got to fix this guy. The playoffs are soon. Uh, exactly. Uh, another solution would send him to Kelly Oubre's doctor, act like it never happened. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, that thing a lot went of people away. saying that it's Nick Nurse's fault. Of course, he put him back in the game. Pain lasts longer than three hours. Call a doctor, not a nurse. So it's definitely not his fault. <laughs> yeah, but I guess nurse is off the hook. When the guy fell on top of him, 
I fell on top of my sister once. She was out nine months. <laughs> People call that a promiscuous meniscus. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit different, though. Just a, a little bit different, that, that, that kind. Each, each knee has two menisci, similar to fungi or to white guy, Joe Gillio. <laughs> now, the Sixers report that you got the MRI and then the EMG given to him on an IOU for the PTA. Bottom line, Sixers OSOL, not going to win any MVP this year, more like DOA, RIP, Ricky Sanchez. Yeah, that feels about right. ACL, MCL, ACLU, which is the guardian of your liberty. Forget the liberty. Why don't you guard the guy's knee? Right guard, left guard, they both stink. Unfortunately, they do. Yeah. So I don't know if we're getting any closer to figuring this out, but I, yeah, it I do. Sounds a little bit more confusing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really well, it, confused. It, it is. It does sound confusing because it's repetitive. You can tear your meniscus. Any, uh, any. It says when you look it up in the books, forceful twist. See, Chubby Checker got one. He wrote the twist. He didn't learn a thing from it. Because the next year he went out and wrote, "Let's twist again, like we twisted last summer." He and broke I, it again. And I don't think Chubby was back for the second round that year. He missed the whole postseason. I, I think at least. That's the other thing. They're talking about three rounds of therapy. We don't think he'll make it past the second round of therapy. And that's why we say, uh, remember to miss it. It acts like a cushion between the shin bone, the tibia, and the thigh bone, which is the femur. I heard a rumor about the femur. Maybe it's just a murmur, but the femur had a sense of humor. That's why they call it the funny bone, see? Not to pick a bone with you. But that's why they say the shin bone connected to the thigh bone, thigh bone connected to the... That's the most tenderest part of the chicken. Give the dog a bone. This old man come rolling home. See, that's a song from Band to the Bone by Lonesome George Surrogate and the Delaware Destroyer. It is. Well, thank you, Dr. Bob. We appreciate it. I don't know if we, we got to the bottom of this, I but I don't think so. But I think we learned we, a few things yeah, here we, today. We got a lot we of learned. information. I'll say, guys, every day, keep up the fantastic work. See the girl on the way out. Bob, Dr. Bob, we thank you. There he goes, Dr. Bob. Of course, JoeConklin.com there. I'm more confused than before we had him on. I I'm am like, too. <laughs> I, at one point, I thought we were getting somewhere with the cart- cartilage, but then yes. he went into cartridges. cartridges. Some yeah, second-round like, jokes in there. Yeah. Now, after you guys heard that, do you, do you feel better at my idea we just shut this thing down for the no, season? No, not at all. I, I, if, I still well, if this it. is the doctor we have, Yeah, guys. I'm starting to tell I me mean, that, dude, that dude was a quack. I mean, it's, it's, it's a problem. Hugh, yeah, I, so, I think we're going to have to uh, – No, if, I'm, if this I'm is the I best go doctor it, we can – I got to go for it. I, I, I can't – With this doctor? Yes. Well, I mean, we got to see what the diagnosis is, but – I'm not, I that, just that, was, that was the diagnosis. If it's not torn, I'm not shutting him down. I'm shutting him down for like two months, and then I'm getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, when you said that, it made me think of the morning show debate. I don't know where it came from, but I heard them yesterday and today debating the OJ stuff. They 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 they're relitigating OJ, and it made me think if it's not you said if it's not torn, if glove doesn't fit. Are we gonna quit? Yes. We, we gonna put that in the next once and for all? The What's OJ that? the OJ trial. But you, you mean put it in, in what? In what way? Like we're done debating the OJ. Yeah, so we, we – oh, he wasn't there. We used to, we did a thing during the pandemic once and for all where we settled timeless debates, at least sports debates. You mean like if he did it or not? Well, we didn't do an OJ one. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to figure out. No, because like, – I mean, I think that debate's been settled. No, I'm just saying. Oh, Juice did it. I no, mean. I'm just saying because it's funny because I, I think everybody remembers where they were when the verdict came down. Well, not me, but I do. I remember vividly. <laughs> I wasn't around. You know where I was? Where were you? I was in grade school, and they put the TV on in the class <laughs> to show us. And now I think back to this. It's ridiculous. It was a murder trial. Yeah. Why are they showing this to children? Because it was one of the most controversial. Like, the controversialists saying, putting it lightly. Yeah. 
But, boy, I remember I was in Long Island. I just got drafted. I was in playing for the Jets, and I remember I was at the bank, and I was walking into the bank, and the bank was eerily quiet because all the tellers mm. were watching the trial. And I remember, like, only black dude in the bank, and all the tellers were had their back turned. And as soon as the verdict came off, not guilty, they started yelling and screaming. And I said, yeah, I probably won't get no money out this day. <laughs> so, I was like, wrong. Hey, Joe, it was like wrong place, wrong time. So I just left. The coverage of that. And I think they, was, they were debating, like, the biggest TV moment. I think that's what the morning show was on, like, yes. between the chase or the, the end of the trial. But I, all I know is that – time period i forget i forget how long it took a year or two in between yeah. january to october yeah the time 95. period in between the whole yeah it was the it was the biggest story in america every day so it's, uh, the verdict was a month after i was born okay i remember watching i used to watch larry king with my grandfather maybe mm-hmm. i was just supposed to be a talk show host i just watched larry king every night larry king was that dude larry king though, was man. awesome yeah. but he every night he had guests on talking like about the the trial it was Bruh, like it was the biggest thing in was, america it was it like like being in long island at that time. Or you were a jet. Yes. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. Like, for real. Because everybody was just, it was just so polarized. Everybody was upset. And being in Long Island, it was it was different in Long Island. Yeah, it certainly, obviously, it hit a lot of people in different ways at that time in America. But, yeah, that, I, when I was got in the car the other day and they were talking about the O.J. Chase, I was like, what, what, where did that come from? But that, it, it's interesting. What was the bigger TV moment? The, what do you say we think was bigger? The Chase? Or the verdict. The verdict. I think it was the verdict. I think it was the chase. The, the chase, chase was big. It was. Um, it was. They cut away from the NBA Finals. It was during <laughs> the, the Rockets Knicks. Wonder if I can find like viewer numbers of both. Oh yeah, you probably could. Now, I mean, the one was during the NBA Finals. So you had a built-in audience that probably wasn't there for OJ, and then, but they did a split screen. It was like Elijah Wan and Ewing, and there's there's Cowlings and Simpson going down the freeway. It was it was nuts. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. All right, back to the phone lines as uh, Kyle looks up some. Some numbers on TV viewers for the chase. So I, I, okay, I have I have the answer for you. What do you got? Uh, well, all right, just real quick, what's your guess? The final, your final the, the verdict. So the you verdict. Think the verdict. Well, the verdict, the verdict was yeah. built, right? Everyone was yes. waiting for this. So I'm gonna guess that one. I just think the bigger moment, like historically, is the chase. But what's the? Yeah. So just you know, quick research. Ninety-five million people watched the chase, and up, up to 150 million for the verdict. That's more than the Super Bowl. Yeah, That's remarkable. Because I mean, when, when I tell you. 95 million. You no, know, and, and the reactions. Like, what I remember is the reactions from wherever you were. The reactions of the verdict were just, like, those are birthed to my, to my brain. Like, I'll never forget that. It was, it was ridiculous. And when I say ridiculous, it was just how polarizing that whole time was. It was, it was bananas. So the Super Bowl of 1995, 83.4. It beat both by a lot. Yeah, and obviously, as time has waned, OJ's become almost like a punchline now. But at that time, he wasn't that far removed from playing. It would be like, and and running backs back then were the stars. It would be like a current star quarterback, something major happened, you know, with a trial or something. It's crazy. It was was a crazy time in America, for sure. Ken in Cinemits. And what's up, Ken? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? What's going on, man? Well, the right answer is obviously the chase because that was my answer yesterday, and that's the one that won the prize today in the poll. So I won the prize, so that's obviously the right and answer. And, Ken, I agree with you. I, I mean, I was, I was a kid, but I remember watching the finals with, with my dad, and I think my grandfather was with us. And it was just it was, – I remember the cutaway and the whole thing, and I was like, well, this is crazy. Because you never see something happen where they go away from a Super Bowl or the World Series or NBA Finals – but it was that big of a thing. 
Well, I'm only saying that because it was my answer. Why? Well, I, 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 <laughs> and it was a good one, Ken. Good answer. Right, what are you <laughs> thinking today? Well, it, it must be Groundhog Day, right? Because uh, Joel Embiid's hurt, and you got callers to WIP talking about drafting a linebacker in the first round. Like it, we we do this every year, and and the outcome is always the same. So the only way you're getting Joel Embiid as deep in the in the playoffs as they're going to go, which you know healthy, which probably isn't any further in the second round anyway, is if he doesn't even start playing until about March. And uh, the Eagles are not going to draft a linebacker with a first-round pick. They're not going to do it. They shouldn't do it. Their philosophy on positional value has has been right for 25 years. So, and it served them well, and they've had a good, healthy salary cap doing it, Ken. And, and you're right, and it's a good phone call. I do think, and we've discussed this, I do think that they have maybe gone too far with ignoring safety and linebacker. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, maybe you bend a little. I'm not saying first round. It doesn't have to be a first round, but you need to have – Good players there. Yeah, and and that's where that has been our blind spot for a long time. And the fact that this year, I would say, uh, uh, more so than any other year that I can remember, linebacker play was our biggest Achilles heel. It bit them. It yeah. really did. I mean, when you look at the linebacker play from the teams that we lost to, it was pretty good. Really good linebacker play. And the teams that we almost lost to was pretty decent linebacker play. Safety, that, too. That's where the game is gone. Guys that, that are that, that go-between – from being a good good defender, good pass rushers, and good good guys in the secondary. And the fact that the secondary players factored in huge to me in the running game for other teams that beat us. You know, that that tackling, that yards after the catch was not a big factor when you played against teams that had corners that played press and came up and tackled you when you caught the football. Yeah, and sometimes an exception to the rule isn't the worst thing. I'm not saying, you know, top 10 pick, you're taking an off-ball linebacker. But once in a while, if there's a player that could really change your team, it, it, it can work. 215-592-9494. We appreciate the insight, and I, I mean insight, from our resident doctor in the Midday Show, Dr. Bob. Don't forget, joeconklin.com. Go check it out, of course. We love Joe Conklin here. All right, we'll come back. Your phone calls on the Midday Show. And a couple of things on their side. The Eagles have met with a quarterback at the Senior Bowl. We'll tell you who it is and what to make of it. Plus, LeBron James weighs in on Joel Embiid, and Hugh's got to do it. He has to finally denounce Beauregard Lee, the knockoff Puxatani Phil from down in Georgia. That's going to happen next. 215-592-949 for a Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now he's back for Kick of Destiny 2, and this time you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Kronk will make or miss. Get your free pick in right now, because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot of redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether your team make or team miss, just head to FanDuel Sportsbook app to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. If you're right, new to FanDuel? Visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Force Casino, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP.
Welcome back. Midday show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Learning things every segment. Dr. Bob, of course, joining us last segment. Give us the uh, the update on how to fix Joel Embiid. Do you feel better after listening, Dr. Bob? Not at all. Okay. Oh my gosh, it's awful. I mean, it, like you know me, I like it. I like it concise. I like it short and yeah. sweet. Well, Doctor, Dr. I was Bob trying was, to explain things. Yeah, it's a lot of explaining, man. Yeah, I, I mean, some of the things he said made some sense. I'm not sure it applies to a center with a knee injury, but it's mm-hmm. okay. Talk to me like I'm a toddler. Yeah. Well, he's a I doctor. Sometimes yeah, doctors yeah, do that because they're they smarter little, than yeah, us. Yeah, talk to me like I'm a toddler. I, I get all that. All right, so back to the phones here in a second. A couple things we have to get to, though. We have to discuss the idea of uh, what's going on here with uh, our buddy LeBron James. You see this? Taking up for Joel Embiid. He's trying to become a, is he is, jo, is LeBron trying to get in the good graces of Sixers fans? So King James, at King James, you know, his Twitter stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I know one person around here doesn't want to call him King James, but that's how he goes. He's a fraud. So he went to Twitter to defend Joel Embiid against everyone. I guess, is this to the people who called him soft and ducking Jokic? Yes, to All us. Right. So, uh, well, I mean, we, I don't think we did much of that. I did. All right. Well, as a show, we didn't really. To me. Okay. He went after Kyle here. Here was his, uh, his latest thing. This is from LeBron. Where are all the media outlets, TV media personalities, hot takes that talk so much uh, poop emoji about Joel Embiid, about missing those games when he knew what he was dealing with? Now that he's out with an injury because of it, not one person has went back on TV or their something podcast and apologized to that man. No accountability. LeBron wants apologies. He wants receipts. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't think he. I think he asked for a little much. <laughs> He's asked for a lot, man. Sorry, partner. I mean, because there's a lot about that situation that unfortunately Joel got hurt, but we don't know about. Right. So I, I don't think I don't think it's it's smart to ask people to apologize for for information that when they didn't have all the information. So no, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, LeBron's also leaving something very big out of this. If Joel Embiid was on the injury report Saturday, the reaction to him not playing would have been different. Yeah. He wasn't on the injury did, report. Didn't the Sixers get fined for that? They did, $75,000. Yeah, got 75. Yeah. Look, I, I like LeBron as a player. He's, he's, if you rip him apart as a player, you're dumb. He's, a great, he's one of the greatest players of all time, top two player. As a, as a guy, I think LeBron sometimes leaves things out of his arguments. So he, he likes to – He omits. Yeah, he likes to interject himself into what everyone's talking about, but sometimes he's not like fully – he doesn't fully get it. And they just, he just – Or fully informed. Yeah, he just talks. And he likes the attention of it all. <laughs> and But look, if he wants to come to the Sixers by the trade deadline – You'd be okay with that. Of course I'd be okay with that. I know you're worried about the parking situation down yeah, at Wells Fargo. Uh, but not only the parking situation, the ticket situation. Do you know how they would look at me when I say, hey, can I get tickets to, this, to the game? They'd be like, are you kidding? They'd say, go to StubHub, buddy. <laughs> yeah, basically, buy them like everybody else. <laughs> so he was worried about his ticket situation over LeBron James coming to the Sixers. We got to get our priorities in no, order. I'm just here. saying, I like I like what Tyrese Maxey is doing right now. I'm willing to let the and I know that this is probably an old school mentality to have, especially in the NBA, when you have players like that. Because I even heard somebody this morning talk about potentially trading Maxey because he's hot right now. I don't know if I, I subscribe to that, but I get the fact that you know when you have you have assets to trade, you normally trade them. I wouldn't. I would not be a part of. That. All right, just so we get on the record here, would you rather Tobias and free tickets? Or LeBron and expensive tickets. I, it would be exciting to see LeBron you? around. It would be exciting, but but I, I like crumble cookie, man. Yeah, I know you do. Crumble cookie, my dude. All right, we're going to get Hugh a jersey, a Tobias Harris jersey, and Keely Ringo. I mean, come on. <laughs> 
You trying to get you trying to get popcorn thrown at me at the game? No, I don't want popcorn thrown at you. I'm just establishing your guys. Your guys are throwing popcorn. Ike's a Tobias guy. You're not the only Tobias guy. I like Tobias. Here. I like I like him for for this 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 the way that they, he's fitting into this team right now. I like the role that he's playing for this team right now. I think Tobias is, seems like a wonderful guy. I will like him better when he's playing for somebody else next year. And I can say, oh, yeah, you know what? That's, Tobias is a good guy. 215-592-9494. Hugh, the clock is ticking. You have less than 20 minutes to come up with a denouncement of, you know, Beauregard Lee, that fake fraud rodent, whatever he is. The rodentia. The rat. Rodentia. rodentia. Yeah, so if, you, if you're wondering what we're talking about here – we found out today there is a knockoff Puxatani Phil, and he's down in Georgia. Apparently, he predicts the weather. And look, we looked up some of his numbers. He's got some good stats. He's had some good, good moments. He had a good run. Good run. But he also apparently had a major blunder in the 90s. He predicted warm weather, rest of winter into spring. Blizzard came down there. Yeah, that was not. Tough to recover that not, from that one. That was definitely not Beauregard's shining moment. It was not. These what, are the Groundhogs by the numbers? Yeah, Groundhogs by the numbers. I have those. I also saw that um, our guy, Puxatani, it's about 39% hit rate on these uh, these Groundhog days. What do we make of that? 39%? Is that good? I think it's actually pretty good for a Groundhog that just comes out of his tunnel. He sees a shadow in, or yeah. whatever and just goes back in. Yeah. I mean, if you asked me what percentage he gets right, I would have probably said less. It'd have been a little, I think I'd have probably been a little bit more comfortable with, like, at least 42. Yeah. Who do you think gets it right more, meteorologists or Puxatani? There's been some meteorologists in this, this town that haven't gotten it right sometimes. But I would say I would say the meteorologists. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with, roll with the meteorologists. All they right. got all the Doppler radars and all that They do stuff. have Doppler. Last one for you. We have a, um, a self-made meteorologist here at WIP. His name's Howard Eskin. Who would you trust more? I'm going to give you th- I'm going to, I want you to rank these three. Trust in terms of weather predictions. Howard, Phil, Beauregard Lee. How would you rank them? I would trust Phil the most. Howard or Beauregard Lee next? Yeah, I think that's I think that's about the appropriate. Order. Okay, so Howard's second above Beauregard Lee. Yeah, I was yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah, Beauregard. So Beauregard. we all trust Puxatani Phil more than Howard. No, well, you zero know, I know, I know I know I'm I'm a little bit more familiar with with Puxatani. Then Howard? Then, well, yeah, that, that and Beauregard. <laughs> a little bit more familiar with him than the other guy. Yeah, Beauregard's a fraud. All right, Jay and Roxburgh. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, man, you know, I know you guys are talking about AJ. And if you're going to have this version of Jalen Jalen Hurts, you know, this uh, guy that was running backwards and, you know, uh, trying to be a pocket passer, we can't have AJ because the version of Jalen Hurst that works best is the version that we had uh, with Miles Sanders during the RPO. You know, uh, that was a guy who was, you know, uh, confusing defenses. They didn't know if Miles had it or if Jalen had it. And Jalen would run or he would give it to Miles or throw it downfield. Yep. You can't, with, with this version of uh, Jalen Hurts, you can't win football games like this because he's not ready to take that step yet to become that pocket type quarterback and if you you look at like Lamar Jackson you know he got exposed he was running backwards too some guys are not ready for that step back if you look at Mahomes he never runs backwards he's either running side to side or he's running forward He's stepping up into the pocket. And, so, Jay, the thing before you go on about Mahomes that I'm just so impressed by, he, for a guy that's mobile and moves, he doesn't take sacks. You know, usually mobile guys will kind of accidentally run into sacks. Sometimes Lamar does it. Jalen does it. Mahomes' yeah. ability to not take sacks is ridiculous. He just Phenomenal. He doesn't take sacks. Right. 
Right. And and that's why I feel like, you know, A.J. Brown would be a problem, as crazy as it sounds, with this version of Jalen Hurts. That version last year, yeah, he would be successful. But uh, I wouldn't mind trading A.J. for, um, I think you were talking about Sertan or, yeah. or Winfield, one of those guys. Yeah, like one of the best corners, yep. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm just not okay with it if they're going to go back to the same uh, uh, offense that they ran last year with Miles Sanders, you know, because that worked. I don't know why they got away from something that worked. I'm only assuming that they may have, you know, Jalen Hurts may have been hurt with his knee and they were trying to, you know, have him to stand upright more as far as, you know, not running as much. But uh, we'll we'll never know what the situation is. But next year is going to be a tell telltale of what's going on. Oh, uh, totally, Jay. And Jay, it's a good phone call. We appreciate it. Jay's take is AJ. Unless Jalen gets way better, it's almost a waste to have AJ Brown. Is is the way Jay framed that there? Well, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I think AJ helps Jalen become a better better quarterback. But there has to be growth on both ends of that. So I would rather have AJ grow and become a better quarterback with AJ Brown as opposed to not having him there. And as far as the running game is concerned, I, I'm kind of with him. We do need to run the ball a little bit more, but I don't think it's going to look like we anticipated to look. I think it's probably going to be a whole lot of screens and, and, and backside of the backfield and stuff like that. I don't think it's going to be that traditional hand-it-off three yards in a cloud of dust situation. So it's interesting, the RPO thing, right? We know how good it was a year ago. And then mm-hmm. this past season, they didn't do it as much, and it wasn't as effective. My belief, like halfway through the season, was they've stopped doing it because – Teams know Hurts isn't going to run off it, and they're not respecting that. Chris Long on his podcast talking about Callum Moore, RPO stuff, and will we see more motion, which is we all yelled about all season. Will that happen? Interesting take here by Chris Long. Motion, I do think, is something that he cannot afford to meet Jalen in the middle on. I, I think if you're looking in the column of maybe it doesn't work out, it's not because his scheme doesn't have value. I think I – think you, you look at a couple of these variables and you say, I just don't know. I just don't know how, how that would work out. Like if Jalen struggles under center, is that going to be an impediment to him? If Jalen wants a static picture and doesn't want motion pre-snap, is that going to be an impediment to him? But I'm pretty sure all this has been discussed. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that is Jalen's unwillingness or inability to do those things and how much of it is just they haven't committed to it and truly gone through the process of grooming him to be a little bit different. And so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how those things manifest. That is a really interesting take on motion that I don't think I've heard really put that way before. We just have talked about, like, the Eagles don't use motion. Why mm-hmm. don't they use motion? Motion's good. They should do this. Chris Long is bringing up the idea that maybe Jalen either – doesn't want to do it, doesn't want – like he wants a static picture, doesn't want things changing as, mm-hmm. as things going by. Or maybe the key and the coaching staff don't think he could do it, like he can read on the fly as things change. That – I mean, it would help explain the coaching the last couple of years. It would help explain why they haven't used motion as the rest of the league has. There's a dis- – like, and that's the disconnect that we don't know. We're speculating because, to me, when I think of motion, I think of information. Because that's basically what it is, mm-hmm. man or zone. And you see, you can see whether or not it's a, it's a combination of both. If somebody's in man-to-man and everybody else is playing zone, it, it gives you a picture of what they're trying to do. And we talked about information as far as offense is concerned, and, and the more information the quarterback has, the easier it is for him 
to figure out where he wants to go with the football. Now, it's going to be interesting because now you're here with Coach Goober coming in here. He likes to run a lot of motion. He likes to run a lot of motion. So Jalen's going to have to conform to whatever they're trying to do. They're going to have to try to figure this out as, as quickly as they possibly can because if it comes out that he has trouble with motion, then guess what teams are going to start doing? They're going to start disguising stuff and showing him different looks and everything, and they're going to, that's going to be another way to try to confuse Jay. Well, yeah, and we keep talking about, like, they, they need to help him and make it easier on him. But that the assertion or the question, I guess, not an assertion, the wonder that Chris Long is, what if they want to do it and he doesn't want to do it? I mean, that, that really has not been talked about very much, that side of it. I mean, it's – and I look, I don't know. It seems like he'd benefit, so why wouldn't he want to do it? Yeah, that, that's the weird thing to me. I, I don't know. And these are the questions that I'm pretty sure in training camp, as we see this offense come together, that we're going to have to ask. I'm pretty sure going into the to training camp, when we get to training camp, once we see what this offense potentially is going to look like, that might be a question that has to be asked. Why are you not running a whole lot of motion? Yeah. And now at the chicken or the egg thing, now we have both sides. Because beforehand, like, whose fault is this? Is this Sirianni's offense slash Steichen's offense slash – Brian Johnson's offense, do they not have motion built in? Or now is it Hurts not wanting it? But here's what we know. Kellen Moore's offense uses motion. Yeah, They were 6th last year with the Chargers, 15th with the Cowboys. So we're going to get a pretty good answer pretty fast. If they are running a lot of motion, oh, okay, that was Sirianni and Brian Johnson didn't have it. It wasn't part of their offense. If they don't run any motion with Kellen Moore, I think the Chris Long theory comes into play. Yeah, like, then you start wondering whether or not Jalen can can run the offense mm-hmm. like that, like you, you want him to run them. Yeah, that's it's. I think it's a really interesting thing. We'll we'll follow as we get you know to next season. Steve is up next on WIP. Hey, Steve. Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, thanks for taking my call. I'm back home for a couple of days before I go out to Vegas on Monday for Super Bowl. Oh, that's and, awesome, Steve. Well, good hearing from you, man. What are you thinking today? Uh, well, the whole Patrick Sertain for AJ Brown thing. I mean, there's only five AJ Browns in the entire world. I mean, you can find a Patrick Sertain. And if you look at the Eagles' offensive production numbers, when A.J. Brown ain't in the game, they become slightly better than mediocre on the offensive side of the ball. And the biggest issue the Eagles had this year was their pass defense. So if you get rid of A.J. Brown and Kelsey doesn't come back, you know, we all know the center is the second most important person on the football field. If he don't come back, now you're going to have problems on offense and defense. So I just think that's crazy They're trying to trade A.J. Brown for Sertain. I mean, you need the horses. And as great as the offensive coordinator is that's coming to Philly, as great as the defensive coordinator is that's coming to Philly, the odds on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl next year haven't changed. They're still the 12th uh, favorite to win the Super Bowl. And to take that into context, before this season started, they were the fourth favorite. Mm. So Eagles have some major issues. You don't want to really get rid of A.J. Brown because then you're going to have problems on both sides of the ball. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was you guys were talking about O.J. Uh, here's some information you guys may not have known. Uh, the guilty verdict was minus 800. Uh, offshore back then. Oh, Steve, I I was young, so I was I wasn't following the gambling. I, I didn't know that. So so he, not guilty was clearly the favorite. Yeah, and you could take back plus four hundred, and we were benefit. You know, we, we were lucky enough to know uh, Dennis Kogan, and he had given us a call and said, "Listen, guys, they haven't proved their case. If you want to jump on the dog, and we ended up jumping on the dog at four to one. So there were some odds on that uh, OJ trials. Wow, right? Steve, that, that that's awesome knowledge, that. man. Steve, that's appreciate crazy. that. Well, that's I mean. You, uh, the TV series on FX, I don't know, six, seven years ago that came out, was really good. Um, David Schwimmer was was in the show as uh, the yeah, Kardashian yeah, remember, dad. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. It, 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 it really took you into the trial, and they didn't prove it. I mean, they, just, they didn't. It was They botched it. 
I mean, like everyone 30 years later, we all like, like if you ask a random person, what do you think? Do you think he did it? Yeah. I mean, like that's what most people say, yet they couldn't prove it yeah. in court. Like they say, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Exactly. Yeah, that was that was a wild. It was. Let's talk to Rob in Overbrook. What's up, Rob? What's up, guys? How you guys hey, doing? Hey, Rob. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I uh, I got a Sixers point and I got an Eagles point. Hugh, what's going on? What's going on, so listen, uh The Sixers. It was reported on your radio station about three years ago, I believe, mm-hmm. when he first injured his knee that he needed to have either surgery to repair the meniscus or if he opted not to have surgery, he was going to have problems like this for the rest of his career. Yeah, I remember that. And he didn't have surgery that offseason. Yeah, so why are you counting on this guy? You can't count on this guy because he didn't do what he's supposed to do. And it's like trying you're trying to drive a car with a bad axle or something. It's just not going to happen, man. And you talk about, y'all talk about shutting him down, hopefully. He's never going to be in a position to win a championship because that knee is he, – he's too big and he's carrying too much weight on that knee. And he didn't get it repaired, and this is what we get. So live with it or trade it. You know, but this is it, man. It's so championship. Rob, I, I unfortunately, I, I agree, and I think most people have resigned themselves that it's it's oh, going to be very challenging. Drop the mic on us. Yeah. Well, if I had to bet on one side of this thing, I mean, I think Rob's probably right on this. He also brought up his size. And that's the one thing when he came out of college. He's and again, it hasn't affected his game. He's a great player. He's way bigger than he was when he got into the NBA. He does carry a lot of weight on that body and that those knees. You would think that, like, but he looks more muscular. Am I wrong in that assessment? No, he he's more muscular more... and just heavier. And you know what's funny? I, because I always thought, because I, I went through a phase where, like, I got injured a lot in my first couple years. But as I lifted more and became more muscular, the injury thing did, was not as a big a factor. So that's what I don't understand. Like, when you talk about putting on more muscle and, and, and training in order not to have – Injuries. Now I know, like yesterday was fluke, when Jonathan Kimbo, Kimbo, Kuminga, Kuminga, yeah, I fooled that one. I like Kimbo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kimbo. Two and Tyler Below, yeah, you know. But when he fell on him, that was kind of fluky. But even before that happened, he was still dealing with a knee injury. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you kind of wonder, I, and I don't know the answer to this because I'm not what seven foot whatever. There, there has to be something with the, the I guess the, the tendons, the, the stretching of the tendons or something. But you would think that when you put on more muscle and get get stronger, that this wouldn't be that big of an issue. Yeah, and then it goes to the point, and no one's ever really come up with the exact answer on this. Are some people just injury prone, right? Are some yeah. – you watch certain players – I'll just use LeBron because he's – I mean, he's in the news and he's he's the one that's played the most basketball in our, we've watched for the last 20 years. I've never seen LeBron get hurt on a something weird, right? He lands weird. And he's had very, very little very things. Very durable. Very durable. And is it because he takes care of himself so well? I'm sure that's part of it. Or is his body just built that he – we see this. Like, once in a while, a running back has a really weird – he gets twisted up, and he gets right back up. And then another guy has something similar, and he, it's over. He's out. I, I just wonder if some guys are just – their bodies are built to withstand it. They're more – I don't know. What's the word that Brady used to be? Pliable? Fragile. Flexible. Or some guys are fragile, and they just break. I, it just may be just good luck, bad luck. David. Is it Southway? What's up, David? Hey, how you doing? Uh, well, I I can answer the um, are people built different question. I'm a happen to be an orthopedic surgeon, so yeah, people are definitely built different. Collagen and connective tissues are different for all different people. So some people have good genes and some people don't. But, so it's kind of luck of the draw for just athletes, certain athletes. Yeah, totally. But I just want to say that the idea of trading AJ Brown is just absolutely insane. For two main reasons. One is he's your best player. And two, 
is the cap hit for a trade would be untenable. And then you'd be forced to try to fill in the void of A.J. Brown with $40 million less than you had before trading him. So, David, I, you're, I, I'm glad you brought up the cap hit because it's fair and it's certainly a detriment to the idea, any idea, no matter what you get back. You're right. It's a detriment. I don't think it's as untenable, though, as, as you do. I mean, it would be $42 million. The Eagles made the playoffs two years ago off of Wentz's $36 million cap hit. So it's not ideal, but I don't think it's untenable. Yeah, but any trade, you have to look at what are you giving and what are you getting. Sure, of So course. by giving up your best player and negative $40 million for Patrick Sertain, who's on a, um, a contract one-fifth of his, um, in terms of the Broncos picking up the tab, mm-hmm. uh, is just – it's not good value. And I could see that perspective. from a monetary Yeah, well, because yeah. you're losing the $40 million. I, and I, David, that's why – and David's a good phone call. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't I, – I don't think any of us actually believe A.J. Brown's going anywhere. It's a no. matter of, is this a good idea? Should they explore it? Would you do yeah, it? And I don't think it's a good idea. Hey, Hugh came down hard that time. All yeah, right. It's more than oh. not a good idea. It's a minute to idea. go here, Hugh. Go ahead. we got to hear it. Will you denounce on live on the air Beauregard Lee as a fraud down in Georgia? Of course I will. And you know why? That's why this was not even a thing for me. I just kind of rolled this out because uh, you, you didn't know. You played it up. Because I was, you said I was being a waffler. Kyle. Tell the people Yo. what Beauregard Lee's name was before they changed it a couple years ago. Beauregard Lee, General Beauregard <laughs> Lee's original name was Robert E. Lee. And you know one of the main reasons why I stopped watching the Dukes of Hazard when I was young? Because I found out who Robert E. Lee was, and I was like, I, I refuse as much as I like the General Lee the car. Can't 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 support that man, I, especially in this being Black History Month and stuff. I know I can't. Yeah. Get that rat out of here, man. Ride. Not good job, no, you. No rodent. No. Philadelphia no appreciates rodent. this announcement. Rodentia, whatever the hell you want to call it. You, you did no it for the state. Lee. You did it for the month. You did it for you did it for what's right. It's the most then, scientific we've ever been on the show. I know. I mean, we even Dr. rolled Bob, out the groundhog Rodentia. analytics, the numbers. The, you know, thinking you're gonna change his name to, from Robert to Beauregard, gonna make it right. He's they, still last name still Lee. As they if the internet. That yeah, one yeah. 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 Oh, we just gonna know. change. We're gonna keep the Lee. We just gonna change his name to. What was it called? Beautiful gays? We go. Oh yeah. no, it ain't no beautiful gays. Hell no. And they were dumb enough to leave it on Wikipedia for us That's to find. They did. Yeah. Unbelievable. That Y'all gonna try to play me like? That. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, the Pro Bowl if you're watching it, or <laughs> Senior Bowl. <laughs> senior Bowl, maybe. Yeah, I must love Senior Bowl. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Monday afternoon show. Jack and Ike, they're coming up next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Peace.